raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. It went very well. Coach Stockton is, is a great coach, great man. Um, I had a great time with Cam Turner, the, the quarterback coach, and uh, Chris Bauer, the, the GM, who's who's amazing, man. Checks up on me, makes sure I'm straight. So really, I mean, I, I think it went very well. Um, my guy, uh, DC, and, and player development, he was a, a great man. He was, I played it well with the coach and the and uh, the time. So me and him had an amazing conversation about just mental stuff, and um, I think that that whole staff is very, very good. We had a, we had a private workout, and we had a quick meeting beforehand. And, you know, they gave us like a part of a playbook to like study and memorize. And I felt like, I mean, did really well with that and made a good impression at the private workout and then had a top 30 a couple weeks after that. And uh, it was great, connected with everyone in that organization and, and was definitely one of my favorite visits I had. You know, just trying to get to know those guys just in case they do draft me, you know, uh, just to get their ideas of what they're going to expect from me and you know, what I got to bring to the table. You know, uh, that's just my thought process throughout life. You know, I want to be the best at everything I do. You know, whether that's I'm making a sandwich with my friends, I got to make the best sandwich. Or if I'm, you know, driving, I got to park the best. You know, I always want to be the best. So just bit stepping on the field, you know, I feel like I am the best player at times. So that, that's my thought process. I just want to be the best. Oh, welcome in. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. Compliments of Anthony Calhoun. Wish TV 8. AC. That's right. You heard from CJ Stroud. Will the Thrill Levis, Anthony Richardson. I like what the Florida quarterback, A. Richardson, was talking about being the best Parker. I feel like that's an underrated uh, thing here in society. You got to park well. You know, I hate those people that take up two parking spots there, you know, Jimmy. So I like that Anthony Richardson strives to be the best Parker he can be. I like that. It's a good sign for his NFL future, I think. I also try to be a good Parker. And I guess I've never approached it as being the best Parker. That's quite an attack, and I admire that. <laughs> However, I'm right there with you. Particularly if you're listening and you're driving around, you're about to go park somewhere, especially in a parking garage, don't park on the line or slightly over the line. Get, get, <laughs> just get in your space, readjust, back up, pull back in. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we could have many hazards over here. The guy that, the jerk that's just right next to you, that's the worst kind. If you're a good parker and then the next person is bad and they're right next to you and they're crowding your style, that's the worst kind of parker right there. So I do like that. And I get Anthony Richardson's point. He's trying to be the best at everything he does, not just as a quarterback. I like that competitive spirit. Conspiracy. Competitive spirit, Jay Cook, is what I'm looking for right here. I'm combining words that don't make sense. I'm fired up. You think about this, Jimmy? This literally, tonight, let's just set the scene for a second here. (laughs) Round one of the NFL draft. Magical. Okay, this is literally what's on the line, all right? The Colts could find their franchise quarterback for the next decade. That's a possibility, Okay, we're not speaking in certainties here. We're talking about possibilities. That is possible. There also is the possibility that another team in their same division finds their franchise quarterback for the next decade that you got to face. It's at least possible that two teams that the Colts face in their same division find franchise quarterbacks in the Texans, the Titans. That is possible. Certainly not as likely, but that is a possibility tonight. That's just to set the scene of how high the stakes are this evening. We thought the pressure was 
already at a 10 for the Colts, and apparently it's now beyond that because if, and we were debating before we started the show, how much is smoke, how much is actual truth now that we're legitimately on decision day, but mocks aren't reports. They are just educated guesses. They are what, sometimes they're just for clicks. Other times they are well thought out. They're talked about with other GMs around the league. It's been a number of mocks today that suddenly have the Titans trading up with the Cardinals to go get C.J. Stroud. And I know that you and I have mixed feelings about that. But if that is how things play out, and then Colts get Levis, Colts get Richardson, whatever, now there's a link. There is an immediate bond instantly that maybe would have already been there because of the quarterbacks and the nature of that conversation across careers. But now there's an immediate leak in division link in division between those two quarterbacks and the future of both front offices. It's fascinating to see how all this is going to play out. Oh, yeah. And the mock drafts left and right about the uh, Titans. We had an interesting discussion right before the show because, like you said, Jimmy, there are a lot of mock drafts that have the Titans jumping up from number 11 to number 3, making a trade with the Arizona Cardinals and getting C.J. Stroud. That would be Phenomenal news for the Colts. <laughs> but but let's stay on track over here. Do you see the Titans pulling a move like that? Now, our guy, Eddie Garrison, who's uh, on the ones and twos, he said he doesn't see it because he says the Titans are, are far away from making a, you know, go-for-broke type of move. And my response to that, Jimmy, is look at the Panthers. I think that the Titans and the Panthers are very comparable in terms of where they are in the process of building their team up. You know what I mean? If you look at the Titans, I think we view the Titans as worse than they actually are just because they fell apart at the end of the season. If it's flip-flopped, if they start off awful and then down the stretch they come on like gangbusters and just fall a little bit short, it's a much different feeling. I think we're selling the Titans shorter than we should just because things fell apart last season, I don't see things dramatically different at all from a talent standpoint when you look at the Panthers roster versus the Titans roster. So if the Panthers go from 9-1, to one, I think it's at least a possibility that the Titans move up and get a quarterback at number 3, whether it's Stroud or somebody else. I am with Eddie in the regard that the move would surprise me if it happened. And it, it, the amount of capital that might be given up to go do it would surprise me. And I also think that even though the Titans were two years removed from being a one seed at the time, I viewed them as the softest one seed maybe since I've been alive. And inevitably, they crumbled to Cincinnati at home. We won't dive into the weeds there, but that's what ended up happening. Their window, I think, with their current quarterback room is closed. It's it, They're not going any further than they were as a one seed and a trip to the AFC Championship game a few years back with Ryan Tannehill and company there. And Malik Willis, in a small sample size, does not appear to be the answer. So, on the one hand, while I don't think it's going to happen and it would really surprise me, you've been asking for a curveball mm-hmm. throughout this entire process, Brian. And that would be maybe not the exact Tennessee Titan team, but a move like that that no one's thought of that's totally off the board is exactly the type of curveball that we've been cautioning and pondering for these last couple of weeks. Well, I think a couple of things. Um, I would not be stunned at all. I'd be a little surprised just because of this. This is lightning striking a second time in the same draft. You're talking about a major move. The Panthers did that to move to number one. Then the Titans would have to do that. Very comparable to what the Niners did 
for Trey Lance, right? The Niners went from 12 to 3. The Titans would be going from 11 to 3. So comparable. It would be the, the second top prospect as a quarterback in this draft. That's what the Titans would be getting, right? So to make an aggressive move like that, I don't know. I'm not sure that's what they would do, but it did happen just a couple of years ago, and that was the third quarterback taken in that draft, and the Niners made that aggressive move. Yeah, their roster is better than the Titans right now, but I think the comparison is if the Panthers are going to do that, I'm at least entertaining that thought of the Titans doing the same. The other part of this where I'd be a little bit shocked is I don't know if they view C.J. Stroud as that guy. That has to be part of the formula as well. Do they believe in C.J. Stroud that much to make that aggressive of a move and jump over the Colts? And obviously there'd be a huge trickle-down effect. You'd probably get Will to throw Levis without moving up. Meanwhile, a division rival trades all this draft capital to get a guy who's going to fizzle out, you know, when he's not surrounded by five first-round wide receivers. That would be awesome if that I hope that comes true. That'd be great. Okay, a couple things. So first, to just undercut one of your statements within that paragraph, they don't have to trade up to get Levis. He's going to be there. Like they, they, Their Colts are fine. There's, there, there's no fear or sweating bullets. If he's their guy, he will be there for don't need to worry about it. Two, even though you're in the camp of Will Levis and I am in the camp of C.J. Stroud, if you are in the camp, you the listener, are in the camp of I'm a Colts fan, I just want a quarterback here, This is exactly the last thing I want to have happen because I don't want for the rest of the tenure of Chris Boward, the rest of this franchise's current rebuild window era, whatever you want to call it. I don't want to have these what ifs and what could have been because I'm not as down on CJ Stroud as you are. And I'm more down on Levis than you are. So if that happens and that link is there, this is it. Like th- there's going to be all kinds of either, ha we got you, Titans. You messed up. We're the winners, baby. Way to give up all those assets. Or it's Chris Ballard. What are you doing? Why would you not trade up to ensure you got your guy in the first place? And now here we are in the bottom of the barrel with the Houston Texans while Trevor Lawrence and CJ Stroud are duking it out for the AFC South the next 10 years. You know, Jimmy, I feel like this is a good spot. This is as good a spot as any. <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I've got a message here. Brian Noe and, and Jimmy Cook with you here. 93.5107.5, the fan today. You know, I, I thought about it before the show today, and I, I've got a message for the football gods. You know, you hear about the football gods quite a bit, and uh, I've never penned a message. You know, I've never constructed a message to the football gods, but I feel like... This is the spot to do such a thing here, Jimmy, is what I'm thinking here. So I've just got a couple of things off the top of my head before we go any further with Stroud v. Levis or anything else with quarterbacks who might go to other teams or go to the Colts. So I'll start it off like this. Dear football gods, please help things work out for the Colts tonight in the first round of the NFL draft. It's probably obvious that you know what I mean, but just to be specific, that means not, (laughs) not getting C.J. Stroud in a Colts uniform. It does mean, however, will the Thrill Levis suiting up here in Indy. And don't you think the Colts deserve it? I mean, really, seven straight years with a different week one starting quarterback. We need 
stability. And a guy like C.J. Stroud, who's going to be a fish out of water without five first-round wide receivers surrounding him, he isn't it. Please don't let the incompetence of most Colts <laughs> fans influence you football gods. Oh, I, I saw C.J. Against, against Georgia. He looked great. It's obvious his S2 rotary phone processing speed won't work in the NFL. Meanwhile, Levis's S2 score was excellent. He's a diamond in the rough. He gutted it out last year with a trash supporting cast while playing hurt. I hope you don't hold it against Colts fans here. Think of the Bills. Bills didn't want Josh Allen. They were blessed with him. I'm hoping the Colts can enjoy the same. So please, please say yes to Will Levis. And no, absolutely not to C.J. Stroud. Thank you, football guys. You do realize that the guy who administrates those C2 tests came out and said that Stroud, he didn't directly say this, but Stroud's test was not accurate. The reported 18% score. I, I'm sure it was like 97 is what it was. They just get, you know, or 98. They got it to like flip-flop. They were 80 off. I'm sure he was just ace that freaking thing. Like, yeah, of course, he doesn't want Stroud's name to be drug throughout the mud, but there's no way he did great and it was reported to be an 18. It might not have been as low as an 18, but it still sucked, whatever his actual result was. I can rest that night knowing that's the case. <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. I love the wax poetic here to open the show. It, it came from, from a place of, 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 of love, of coffee and mayo, and... 70-yard throws from the knees and all kinds of other great stuff. Here's my issue. Mm -hmm. And this has been the drum that I have been banging throughout this entire process. To you, to no avail, to the Colts brass. I'm not going to go to the football gods. I'm going to speak directly to the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, okay. All right. Let's hear this. I get it. I understand. Super rocket arms are nice. They're great. Big throws are phenomenal. I get it. And their relationship with the Mannings will always be strong. I totally, totally get it. Totally understand. But the idea, the idea that you can confidently say within your war room that Will Levis is going to be the next anomaly of these type of quarterbacks in that same rank as Josh Allen is absolutely ludicrous in my mind. Now, if Stroud is off the board, I think a lot of the pressure comes off your hands. So at that point, if you really don't like Anthony Richardson, I understand. And Colts fans will get behind you. And they'll support him. And they'll go this ride wherever it ends up. But if you have the opportunity to get C.J. Stroud at four, a quarterback that no more than a month ago was viewed as either the number one overall pick within this class or step for step with Bryce Young in terms of the two no-brainers of this quarterback class, don't think twice about it. Make the selection. Bring C.J. Stroud here, build around him, and flourish. Don't listen, Colts. Don't listen. <laughs> Don't li Football gods, please, please listen up here. Listen. No, C.J. Stroud. Yes to Will the Thrill Levis. What was the adjective you used of uh, making the Josh Allen comparison? You find that to be utterly, what is it? Ludicrous. Lud you went ludicrous. Not the comparison, because I get the comparison. Do player uh -huh. comps all the time. The idea... Because there are a lot of similarities there. A quarterback at a, I know there it's a, it's a power five conference, but a quarterback from a lesser school within that conference has a ton of arm strength. Decision-making is questionable, but there's reasons for that. You can fix him. 
Hmm. Josh Allen is one of one. I'm not saying Will Levis can't be a one of one, but you're taking a gamble there, just like you're taking a gamble on any of these quarterbacks. I'd rather have who was viewed by many as the best pocket-passing quarterback in this draft in C.J. Stroud. Well, I think that, listen, we've made a lot of like Josh Allen comparisons, but it, the, it goes a lot deeper than that in terms of what I'm saying is it's not so much stylistically. Sure. It's a couple of things. When I look at uh, Josh Allen and Will Levis, yeah, there are some similarities where they were surrounded by hack talent. A lot of people didn't want them coming out of college. Those things I see to be true. But it doesn't just end there. I'm talking about the quarterbacks that most people were plugging their noses and like, ew, not him, gross, yuck, he's got cooties. Like That same draft, it was Lamar Jackson. Yeah. No one wanted Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson. Sure. And those were the top two quarterbacks of that draft class. So that's what I mean when I'm talking about Will Levis. It's not just a, you know, Kentucky versus Wyoming, right. not surrounded by great talent. It's not just that. It's there are many quarterbacks that people would say, ew, don't want him. And they pan out. I can see the same thing happening for Will. And I want to clarify one other thing, too. And you don't have to speak on this because I don't know what your reaction will be tomorrow if it's not Will Levis. Colts fans legitimately like. There is a time and a place for the booze, for the outrage. You go to social media, like do whatever you got to do. But if it is a Levis selection tomorrow, well, I don't agree with it. Tonight? Tonight. Man, it really is tonight, isn't it? Jeez. This week is a <laughs> blur. On. We've uh, been talking about this for months. Yeah, it's yeah, finally here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it, like I tweeted earlier, mercifully, the draft is finally no. upon us. <laughs> no. But I, seriously, like, I, I will I be frustrated? Will I second guess tomorrow? Yeah, that will happen. But... This is one of the highlights of every prospect in this class, of every young quarterback, wide receiver, running back, linebacker, corner, you name it. They dream about this their entire lives. So I'm going to be happy for Levis, be happy for the Colts if that's the way it goes. I told you yesterday and two days ago, I ultimately have accepted that's probably what's going to happen. But if you want to be angry, wait till the first couple starts. And let the body yeah. of work happen, and then feel free, boo, do whatever you want. But- now, yeah, I'm with you. I'm and I. Sh- <laughs> it's just good timing and bad timing for me to tell you this story here, Jimmy. Is uh, with everything that I've said about Will Levis and evaluating quarterbacks and all of that type of stuff. Uh, it's not the greatest timing to tell you this story because <laughs> <laughs> people question my credibility even more. But I'm going to be honest with you. I believe. And a no BS, honest policy over here. Okay, I'll always tell you the truth. So, I'm a Dolphins fan. We go back a couple of years ago. And I had watched Tua Tungavailoa in college. I had watched every game from Justin Herbert at Oregon. I was doing local radio in Portland at the time. I saw all of his games. As a Dolphins fan, I was pleading with the football gods, please let it be Tua. Please let it be two. And when they turned that pick in, fifth overall, and it was two, I was like, oh, beautiful. There are actually, a peek behind the curtain, there are actually people talking to insiders uh, during the draft because, you know, I, I work at Fox Sports Radio and they do a draft thing every year. And there were people within the Chargers organization that were ticked off that the Dolphins took to a Tungavailoa, and they were stuck 
with Justin Herbert. <laughs> that is a fact. You will never hear that from them, obviously. Right. But that was the truth on draft day. So I tell you that story because spin it forward. Tua has been good when he's healthy. The problem is he hasn't been healthy that often. Missed five games last season. We don't know about his long-term future. He thought about retiring as a 25-year-old in the offseason. Meanwhile, Justin Herbert has been sensational. And again, Jimmy, I saw all of his games at Oregon. And the way Mario Cristobal, the head coach at the time, utilized him, maybe that had something to do with it. But I didn't see star power. And he has turned into a bona fide top quarterback in the NFL. So I'm just trying to back up your point. You are right. Your reaction on draft day, and we got this guy, we got Stroud. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how that works out. Or like me, we got Will Levis, all right, woo-woo. It takes time. It takes not only a couple of starts, it takes years to really, really figure out who's doing what. You might have a a really good indication a full year in, but there are curveballs just like Josh Allen. After two years, I didn't think he was anything special. He sure is now. And on top of that, I think I speak for both of us in this regard. Like, yes, look, we we enjoy the banter, the debate across not just the draft, but the season, the reactions, the decision-making by the coaching staff, play-by-play, game-by-game. I feel for the city. I understand that by and large across the NFL. I can't remember who it was that pushed back at us. Uh, it it might have been um, Frank Isola when mm-hmm. we were talking about it was. We were talking about quarterback issues. He's like, hey, Colts last 20, 25 years, they've been pretty good. No one's really feeling bad for Indianapolis, and I get that, but I want them to get it right. Mm-hmm. I want whoever it is to succeed, and ultimately, we're here in the chair. As, as Chris Bauer joked, we don't have any skin in the game. Our jobs aren't on the line. His is. And if Levis' decision, again, while I totally disagree with it, I hope he does well. Hope it works out for Indianapolis. I hope I'm wrong, and this last one pains me, but I'm going to do it. You know what Brian, I want to do? Brian, ho- I hope you're right. I, I hope I hope you are. Thank you, for Jimmy. For, 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 for Chris <laughs> Bauer's sake, if, if, that, if that is what happens. Well, here's the deal. You know what? I want to... I just thought of this, Jimmy, with what you were saying right there, is I would like to utilize gambling. Yes, to make a point about Colts fans. And I think you'll agree with this, Jimmy. I don't want to lead the witness here, but I, I've got a gut <laughs> feeling you're going to feel me on this one. Here's the deal with gambling. Let me explain this, and I'll, I'll bring it back to the Colts fans over here. Okay, so when you are gambling on sports, what you want to do, you want to be much more like a waffle instead of spaghetti, okay? Meaning you want to compartmentalize your bets. If you've missed five of your last six bets. You don't want to think about that when you're making your next bet. Sure. You almost want a fresh slate. It's like a cornerback. You want to have, you know, next play. Like you, you have a, what do they call it with your memory? You want to be basically forgetful? Think like a goldfish. Let's go Ted Lasso with it. Be a Pretty goldfish. Pretty much. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want to just forget about the bad stuff that just happened. You know, there's a name for it with cornerbacks. I can't think of it, but you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. It's the same thing with betting, right? If you're like spaghetti and it's just like, I've lost five of six and I'm going to get even and I, you're chasing your money. It's not a good way to go about it. And so I think the same is true with Colts fans. I mean, I get it. I get that you're thinking this is the seventh different week one starter we're going to have in as many years. You know, so you're thinking about the other quarterbacks. If, I don't know, Will the Thrill Levis is the draft pick 
And he plays badly the first four games. Let's like suspend all reality over here. But <laughs> let's just say he gets off to a bad start. <laughs> yeah, you know as well as I, Jimmy, fans are going to freak out even more oh, yeah. so yes. because of the lack of success that we've seen for years now. Correct. Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, list goes on and on. And I think that's not a good setup. I would encourage fans to be like good gamblers, which is not have a great memory. Like, on to the next year, on to the next quarterback. Forget about the previous ones. I know it's not easy to do, but you're not going to do any good by just flooding social media or calling sports radio shows after three games like, this guy sucks. Why did we ever get him? It's like, dude, be patient and don't attach this quarterback to the previous ones. I agree with everything to a point. If he starts week one, just for the sake of argument, I think it's probably Minshew because that's what I would do, but who knows. He starts week one, and the season is a wash, regardless of how he does. If there's growth, there's not growth, that's fine. But if there's real struggles and you want to boo, I mean, people are going to do it. It is what it is. They're not going to listen to us. Year two, when you've had another offseason, whoever it is, Stroud or Levis, because you and I have at least agreed on this point, barring it really being lightning in a bottle, barring it really being a true home run hit. I'm talking about like, you know, Justin Herbert week one when he only started because EJ Manuel or uh, was it EJ Manuel or am I mixing up former Bills quarterbacks? Am I right on that? Which what, what, that, that, that took the shot to the uh, I'm not right. Who was it? The, who, who, he uh, got a shot from the team doctor. Oh, Tyrod Taylor. Ty- Tyrod Taylor. Or Tyrod. Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. mixing up a former Bills quarterbacks. It's my bad. When Tyrod Taylor had to get a shot and it went and whatever punctured his lung. Lung, yeah. And then all of a sudden Herbert's in the spotlight and instantly it's lightning in a bottle. Yep. When Mahomes got his start in his second year and just lights the league on storm oh, with like gosh. nine touchdowns, ten touchdowns through his first two or three games. Okay, fine. Maybe that happens. But in all likelihood, and what most likely to happen with whoever they take, there's going to be growing pains. Yeah. Year one, accept that. Second year, when you've had another offseason to build around it, you know, don't do not do too much damage. But yeah, do what you got to do. Picket signs outside West 56. Whatever you got to do. I understand. I think this too, Jimmy, is I think you've got to have even more patience with the guy you didn't want because you're more likely to overreact if the Colts draft the guy you didn't want. You know what I mean? Where it's just confirmation bias. It could be two games if you didn't want Will Levis and he gets off to a bad start. I knew it. Why didn't they trade up? Freaking Chris Ballard. Like (laughs) People are just off and running. If it's C.J. Stroud... You know, and it's the guy you did want, and he gets off to a slow start two games in, you're less likely to react the same way. You know what I mean? So I I think you really got to check yourself even more if the Colts end up with the quarterback you didn't want heading in because you're much more likely to overreact yeah. to a slow start. Yeah, and, and because inherently when it's your guy that's taken and he struggles, you're like, well, at least they did what I wanted them to do. There's not much else they could have done. And then we throw in the curveball that we're talking about, where if the Titans trade up, or even if they don't, somebody else trades up and takes Stroud at three, then all of a sudden you see Stroud you know, balling out for a couple games. It, it's easy. It's easy to overreact. It's easy to feel that way. Let the body of work play out. This is not a one-year instant we're back. If this was like, and we talked about it, over the years, time after time, quarterback after quarterback, if this was a year after Andrew Luck and the roster still feels like it's built to contend because that's what they felt like it was built for Andrew, I get that type of expectation of immediately winning now. It takes time, even when you get the quarterback right, 
to build around him. And expectations need to be a certain way. But you don't have to listen to us. You can make your expectations wherever you want to. You're going to be miserable, likely, particularly this first year, regardless of which quarterback's name is called at four tonight by your Indianapolis Colts. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what's going to happen here. Now, the guest list is powerful, extensive. We've got Eric Froton, does a great job from NBC Sports, their NFL draft analyst. He was very opinionated with us last week, and it was awesome. He's crazy, doesn't think Will Levis is going to pan out, but whatever. You know, some people have their goofy thoughts regarding the draft. He is awesome, though, awesome. And uh, it's not contentious, which I like. Also, Doug Kazarian from ESPN's Daily Wager. He'll join us at, what time is it, Jimmy? One thirty. One thirty. Okay, so Eric Froton at 1, Doug Kazarian at one thirty. Also, Jeff Schwartz, who does an amazing job covering the NFL. He'll be on with us at 2 o'clock. We also have IndyCar tickets to give away. That's right, the GMR Grand Prix. We've got two pairs of tickets to give away. That's going on. Also coming up next, goodness, I can't it get any better? <laughs> the latest hot gossip involving the Houston Texans. And make of it what you will, but we'll let you know what it is. And it's quarterback related. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Ew, not him. Gross. Yuck, he's got cooties. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. I'll tell you what, Jay Cook, I am freaking giddy today. Are you kidding me? We got the first round of the NFL draft. This is beautiful. We've got some new reports here regarding the number two team in the draft order. That would be the Houston Texans. They are reportedly out on both Will the Thrill Levis and Anthony Richardson. Make of that what you will. Hmm. My first thought is this, Jimmy, is everything we've heard about the Texans cannot be correct. Like, we've had so many conflicting reports. You'll hear one reporter, ah, they're not taking a quarterback. The next reporter, ah, they're taking a quarterback. Like All of this stuff can't be true. Some of it will, some of it won't, but... My first reaction is there are going to be a lot of reporters or people that follow the NFL, cover the Texans. They're going to be wrong. Like everything can't be correct of what we've heard about the Texans. And your guess is as good as mine what they do at number two. It feels like they're not going QB, but we got to wait until tonight to see if that's true or not. I'm excited to talk with Doug Kazarian at 1.30, host of ESPN's Daily Wager and has a history of hitting it big with NFL draft props. We'll get into that in a little bit later in the show. But we talked about do we trust Vegas or not? And I thought as we got closer to the draft, now that it's finally upon us, that I could trust it more. But now it feels like the odds are just moving with any report, with any tweet (laughs) that goes out. Like, Will Anderson's minus 350 to the Texans, which is, okay, whatever, that's fine. That's how it was on the drive. That's not changed. minus 350 now? Minus 350 to the Texans. He was plus 350 yesterday. Okay, so it has changed overnight. I didn't, I, 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 (laughs) CJ Stroud is minus 140 at three. And Will Levis, in my car about an hour ago, hour and a half or so, was plus 175 at four. He's now plus 120 at four. So, again, this is just any type of nugget or crumb you're trying to scoop on to get the answer first of what the Colts are going to do at four. 
But I don't know if I can trust the betting odds anymore. I definitely can't trust what the Houston Texans are actually going to do. But even though they omitted C.J. Stroud's name from the quote you just ran off, Will Anderson minus 350 is where it's at with the second pick right now per DraftKings Sportsbook. Man, I'll tell you what, Jimmy, is uh, I think Vegas looks bad based on all this draft fluctuation. Mm -hmm. They look really bad because typically we look at Vegas and say, oh, man, they're just kind of ahead of the curve. They're in the know sooner. There's a hitman the following public. Adam Schefter everywhere around was always my assumption. It's like, Adam, give me give me the scoop. Give me the scoop. We got to adjust man. the line. Yeah. The Will Levis Reddit story is <laughs> unbelievable. Hey, was that by you, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> no. I, this uh, sale agreeable 2834. That's who posted this on Reddit. That is not my burner. But this, sure? was, this was earlier this week, and this person wrote, Will Levis is currently plus 4,000, which means 40 to 1, right, to be the first overall pick. Long odds, 40 to 1. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he's telling friends and family Carolina will in fact take him on Thursday. You're welcome. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the odds for Levis to be number one overall, they went from 40 to 1 to at some places, 4 to 1. <laughs> So think about that. If you put a hundred bucks on forty to one, you win four thousand dollars. If you put a hundred bucks on four to one, you win four hundred dollars. That's how much it shifted. It shifted three thousand and six hundred dollars on a one hundred dollar bet on both of those odds. And that's based on some stupid Reddit right. post. It's not a great look. It, it I don't want to say it fully kind of reveals what's behind the curtain with Vegas and and maybe I won't go that far because I still feel like they're excellent across the board on on lines and totals and, oh, and all yeah. of those action yeah. but in terms of NFL draft props wow. and speculation it appears that much like most of national pundits they are going whichever way the wind blows right now in terms of what's going to happen tonight this is my favorite comment based on that Reddit post about Will Levis being the number one overall pick, Jimmy. This is the comment. It's <laughs> This is gold. Yo, regardless of the actual outcome, this thread shows how much of an effect <laughs> a single unverified source can have in the gambling community and can be a case study on information dissemination. That being said, <laughs> appreciate the tip. Let's ride. <laughs> What? He just started off saying, oh, this is a great case study in BS reports and why you shouldn't believe everything that you read. But you know what? The hell with that. Let's ride. It could be true. Unbelievable. Look, maybe this is the wrong angle for that. Mad, mad respect because he's willing to lay out why this all probably isn't true, why it's false, but I don't want to be the one that missed the boat. So, uh, exactly. hey, please, let me get a ticket. Let me let me be in here on this train. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Completely correct. <laughs> and it just shows you NFL draft steam is the best steam oh, and yes. the most ridiculous steam there is. Steam is just, you know, there's a mad dash toward, hey, this is the bet. Like, this is the guy. Whether it's a team that you're picking in a, the NBA playoffs tonight. Let's just say there was mad steam. The point spread is moving dramatically in the Boston Celtics' favor. Like, that would be steam. And so, it, it's the same thing with the NFL draft. And that, 
that comment where I just rattled off, that is the that is the best case study of how steam becomes a thing. You just it's FOMO. It's fear of missing out. You're just like, oh, I can't be the one that gets lost that that misses this money train over here. Oh, that is just beautiful. <laughs> oh, NFL draft season is the best. Regardless of what happens with the Colts, regardless of what happens with a potential trade-up with the Arizona Cardinals, I am disappointed with one thing and one thing only. I was hoping for clarity in terms of maybe getting a couple last-second bets in. I'm still holding out hope because Doug Kazarian can hopefully give us a nugget or two. You joked about whether or not the audience, whether or not myself at times are being sheep. I've pushed back with it. But when it comes to a good tip, a good bet, much like that Redditor that tried to educate people on disinformation, but instead was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to follow this bet anyway. I'm ready to ride off of the sunset with Doug Kazarian a little bit later. He gives me a prop. I'm following it because I'll I'll drop the nugget now, Brian. You might not be aware of this, Mm -hmm. but just about two years ago, prop bet by one Doug Kazarian. Mm -hmm. He bet multiple wagers about $3,500 in total, on Tyson Campbell to be the first safety taken in the NFL draft, netted him 297,800 buckaroos. He won almost 300K on that. He did. He did. Now, again, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying like that we're going to have that kind of case today. You got my much, attention, Jimmy. I don't know Jimmy, how much Doug is going to share. My ears just perked right up when you said that. But that's been the last two years. That's what we have for you, Indianapolis, today. Hopefully, a nice nugget to help us make even a, a, a tenth of that would be nice. You ever say something on sports radio? That while you're saying it, you can't believe that you're saying it. Yeah. You ever do that, Jimmy? Yes. Yeah. I'm about to do that right now. Is I'm a little bit sad the draft is tonight. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. Overwhelmingly, I'm fired up. I'm geeked. I can't wait to see how it finally unfolds. But there is a small portion of me that's sad because, Jimmy, this is gold. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff. Like the Will Levis Reddit post <laughs> the steam and just the the s2 scores oh whatever you name gosh, it yep. it is just yep. so great it reminds me a little bit when we finally get the answers tonight in the first round of the draft it's like a sitcom where there's this sexual tension or romantic tension between two characters like they just for whatever reason they never become a couple like they never kiss something goes haywire and then there's that final episode where they do, they kiss and they're like a couple and you're like, oh man, like the mystery and the interest is kind of out the window right now. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that's the exact same thing with the draft because in many ways that's where the intrigue begins. You know C.J. Stroud is on this team and Will Levis is on that team and how will it unfold? What's the plan? Are they going to be the week one starter? I'm not saying it ends with who goes where. But the mystery of who goes where does end. And that little portion of it, it is. It's like a sitcom where the characters finally do get together (laughs) and you're like, oh, the mystery's gone. It is a different animal than anything else on the sports calendar. I'm not going to put it in the same vein as like the type of hype and just adrenaline that I have for the start of the NCAA tournament or the love and the excitement that I have for the Masters. But you look at this string of a month of sports coverage, and that's leaving the NBA playoffs off the table. The NFL flexing its muscles as king of the sports world. 
And yes, I'll be sad that it's over, but there also will be a part of me that will breathe a sigh of relief and be excited to see what's next. But briefly screaming in anger that, oh no, it's five months before we finally get to see the fruits of said labor here in April. But that's the beauty of the NBA calendar in a nutshell. Oh, I love this stuff so much, man. I could go for, I don't know about anybody else, I could go for another month, two months of it. Easy. Easy. <laughs> I love all of it. And it feels like we've covered it from every angle. Mm-hmm. From a Colts perspective and the quarterbacks and who's going to go where and all that, it feels like there's nothing left. We've looked under every rock. And then each day you remember, nope, nope, there's still more rocks to look under, man. That's a good question. Coming up next, Jimmy is, of course, we'll be focused on the Colts and the draft and all that good stuff. We've got IndyCar tickets to give away. We'll do that momentarily as well. But it's a good question of, you brought that up, March Madness, the Masters, what you are most fired up for. I'm just curious. We'll compare notes around the room. What gets you absolutely the most fired up when it comes to sporting events? Obviously, a sporting event involving your favorite team, that, that's obvious, but yeah. put that aside. Your favorite team is not involved. Your favorite golfer, Tiger, he's got ankle surgery. He's not in this tournament, right? Like that sort of thing. What are you still most fired up for? Just the top three. I'm going to do some crack research real quick, and we'll investigate that. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. Top of the hour, Eric Froton from NBC Sports does a great job covering the NFL draft. We'll talk to him. Right now, Jimmy, I wanted to do this. You, uh, you sparked something here with what you were saying right there. What you most get excited for. As a sports fan, we're talking sporting events. Like, like seriously, what you get the most just out of control. This is going to be, it's finally today. That sort of thing. What would be on your top three? I'm curious, your order there as a sports fan. We'll go from bottom to top. I like it. Number three for me is the NBA playoffs. Ooh, just as a whole. As a whole. Okay. As, as a whole. Love me some NBA playoffs. My sleep schedule's being just shredded on a nightly basis. <laughs> Gotta love it. Number two. Last night was great, Oh, my by the way. goodness. It was yeah. spectacular all yeah. the way across the board last night. Number two, Super Bowl Sunday. There's nothing uh, like it. You, you got big parties. Number two. Got friends, uh, family. Number one is. Number one is truly the most hype, the most jacked, the most Man. havocy that I am. Green jacket? I wish it was Augusta, but it's March not. Madness. It's the opening weekend uh-huh. of the NCAA tournament hey. where hope rings eternal, where bets and brackets are <laughs> flying left and right. It's just pure magic. That's I don't hate it at all. Me. I don't hate it. Eddie Garrison, do you have a top three? As a sports fan, what you get most fired up for when it finally rolls around? Yeah, I do, and it's a little bit different than Jimmy's. Um, for me, number three is the Indianapolis 500. Really? Uh-huh. Nice. I, I love the 500, and I love everything about May. Who's your favorite old school driver? I was a big Rick Mears guy. Um, well, I don't really know much of the old school guys because I... 
You were uh, born last week. I, yeah, I was born in right. 98, so I'm, a, <laughs> I'm still a youngster. Uh, Tomas Schechter, for whatever reason, was my favorite driver going up. I have no idea, but uh, now I would probably say Elio or uh, Tony Kanaan. Uh-huh. Uh, so Indy 500 is number three for me. Uh, number two is Major League Baseball opening day. Uh, and then wow. number one is I would probably have to go the start of March Madness. Okay. So we got a couple for the beginning of March Madness right there. What about you? I would go, okay, number three. I've thought about this. I would honestly go NFL draft first round. Wow. Okay. I freaking love it. And it varies from year to year, as do sporting events. You know, sometimes you get an NBA Finals matchup that you're like, uh, Spurs and Nets, huh? You know, like, right? Like, there are some years where you might not have top quarterbacks and yep. there isn't a, a whole lot of, like, juicy storylines. But this year's draft is fantastic. And just having almost every team involved, <laughs> short of trades or forfeited picks like the Dolphins are in the first round here, right? Like, <laughs> almost every team is involved and these teams at the top, this changes the arc of where that franchise is headed the next handful yeah. of years, or the next five, ten years, whether the picks pan out or not. That changes your course. That's how much is on the line. And I just love the whole soap opera aspect. Hey, we heard this team is looking this wrong. Hey, we heard that <laughs> team is looking that wrong. I love all of that stuff. I put the draft number three. Number two, you're going to notice the pattern here. I would go divisional weekend of the NFL playoffs because after Super Wild Card weekend, you get those six games now, and uh, then all of a sudden you get the winners and and the two teams that had the buys, and now all of a sudden we're getting down in the nitty-gritty here. I love the divisional weekend of the NFL playoffs. And number one, come on. It's a slice of Americana over here. (laughs) It's the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Like... I, I can't imagine, like, MLB opening day, great. That's fine. That's your thing. But you get more geeked for that than the day of the Super Bowl and all the parties and the prop bets and what song this artist is going to start off with. It's There's so much there. I, I just go Super Bowl number one by far. I, you're not going to hear an argument from me with number one overall. The divisional round was an interesting choice, but I get the logic there, right? Yeah. There's, a, there, there's a lot of, okay, now it's finally, you can make the argument, now the playoffs really start because, like you mentioned, you have the bye weeks and now everybody's ready to roll with the survivors of the wild card weekend or super wild card weekend or super ultra mega wild card weekend, whatever it is they're calling it nowadays. <laughs> I get what you're saying. It's, it, it, it is absolutely electric. I thought jokingly for a second, because it would have been absolutely hysterical and you just said this, they'd be like, nah, 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 it's a Super Bowl. When you said slice of Americana, I thought you were going to say, Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Let's go. Fourth of July, America, fireworks, Joey Chestnut, baby. Yes. I should have just gone completely rogue right there. But no, that's my honest, as I see it right now. And don't get me wrong, it's a little bit like music. I love heavy metal more than any other genre. That's my go-to. It's the same thing with the NFL. The NFL is my go-to. But that is far from it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm all over the place musically. I love blues. Love me some rap. Love me some... Well, I don't love country, but I love certain country songs. But I, I'm very eclectic is the point. It's right. the same thing with sports. I love the NBA playoffs. I love March Madness. I love the Masters and some of the majors. So I love the Indy 500. Love it. Absolutely do so. 
That's far from it, but man, my go-to, my bread and butter, NF freaking out. Coming up next, Eric Froton from NBC Sports. We continue the NFL conversation. He covers the draft over there, does a phenomenal job. We'll have some fun, get some insight as well. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. Happy first round of the NFL Draft Day. We are fired up over Woo! here. Totally fired up. We've got Eric Froton, NBC Sports NFL Draft Analyst, joining us here on The Fan. You know, Eric, I was just thinking about this, man. I was thinking that... uh you know, reports change about what teams are going to do what, and sometimes opinions change leading up to the draft. So I'm just curious with you, are you now fully on the Will Levis bandwagon, or is, is that not the case? Well, respectfully, uh, I have never been the conductor on that bandwagon. I know some people in Indy have been, you know, have been pretty bullish on him, which is good. You know, I'm, I'm, I respect that. Um Currently in my latest mock draft, I do have the the Colts taking Will Levis. And I Ooh. think it does make sense. I do think it makes sense from a, an organizational standpoint. You guys need a QB. He's farther along than the 20-year-old Anthony Richardson. Um, we've all seen him with his cutoff sleeves. I know you're ready for those those guns to be blazing <laughs> out there in Indy. Um, but, uh, you know, the, if, in terms of the market, what we've seen in terms of movement, you know, He's the favorite right now, plus 120, and that stays, you know, the very relatively uh, the same from yesterday, where he was plus 130. Well, there's been a lot of movement in the market, but not here in Indianapolis. It seems to think that it's going to be Levis. If not, Richardson has moved to that plus 150 mark. When you look at your evaluation on both quarterbacks, betting lines aside, I know you mentioned Levis there, but if you're making that selection, I know you mentioned in the paragraph that you can find on NBCSportsEdge.com in his final mock. Eric Froton, nice enough to take some time with us. You see value still in Richardson, or do you think ultimately, like you decided on in your mock, it's Levis? And if so, has your evaluation of either prospect changed at all during this six month? It feels like six month span, even though it's really only been like two. But any changes there for you? Uh, well, you know, I'm kind of, I'm a little different than a lot of the guys you know. And I am a college football analyst, so I've spent my entire life swimming in that 133 team pool. And I let you guys kind of sort through the the minutia of the other upper 32. I do not have the bandwidth to do all 165 from an organizational standpoint. So uh, I, I've been looking at these. I've been scouting Levis since he was back coming into. Uh, Penn State when he was battling Sean Clifford uh, for that job and then went over obviously and transferred to Kentucky and, and, and flourished under offensive coordinator Liam Cohen and didn't do so well under Rick Scangarello in 2022. So I, I've seen the full life cycle of these guys. What concerns me about Richardson is just simply the 13 starts. You look at uh, quarterback evaluation and there's a reason why a lot of the legends in the NFL you know, the Walshes, the Parcells, the Belichick, they like experienced quarterbacks who have had at least three years starting, um, you know, who they can at least see how they reacted in tense situations. I want to see how they handle pressure, um, you know, the layered throws. They get to see them in a lot of different circumstances and how they react, and you can evaluate 
how you think that they can uh, kind of improve upon that. You have that, at least with Levis. You have a baseline. And I think that's at least the value when you're the Colts, where it's actually probably a, a you know a good thing for them that he's a little older and that he's kind of been through the ringer a little bit because he's kind of come out on the other end. And you guys need somebody who's ready to go now. Personally, if I'm making the selection, I'm probably taking the bullet this year and reaching for the sky-high potential Anthony Richardson, the freakiest quarterback who's ever tested in the history of the NFL, even more than Cam Newton, uh, which seemed you know impossible back when he was coming out of high, uh, college. But um, he has those intangibles. But the footwork are, I mean, it's legitimately a mess. You need a guru. You need somebody who can, who can, can be that Yoda, take him under his wing and show him the ways of the force and help him navigate a pocket, help him reset his eyes when he breaks pocket as opposed to just think, okay, I'm that 444, 240 pounds, uh, simply a gladiator out there, just built differently. He can do that, but he's not elusive out there in space, and he takes hits in a way that you know some other more mobile quarterbacks do, don't. Um, so it's going to be important for him to be that passer first, have that mentality, reset the eyes, keep him downfield, even when there's pressure, feel it, and be able to deliver those strikes. And that's really where a guy like um, you know, Bryce Young is just a wizard. So you know, the intangibles is what you need with Anthony Richardson. How do you guys feel about waiting that year with him and to see him develop or go with Levis? I'm curious what you think. Um, well, hey, man. It's, uh, I guess that goes into my next question, Eric, is this is what I would throw your way is if we do a roundtable here, you know, we, we can sort this thing on out. But what I think is interesting is how many starts, like just ballpark it in terms of, let's say, Stroud is the Colts quarterback or Levis is the Colts quarterback or Richardson is the Colts quarterback. How many starts do you think it would take for you to say, okay, criticism before this point might be a bit premature. How would you look at it for each of those three if they're in Indy? Sure. I, just in terms of all three of them, if we're throwing Stroud in the mix, I would certainly prefer him. I know that we've heard, my gosh, the cognitive test. I feel like we always get some version of that. You know, we, we, went, we did away with the Wonderlick, and now all of a sudden, in comes S2. You know, it, it's always going to be something. There's always going to be a narrative around that, but uh, I, I'm going to let the play on the field speak for itself. I know it's a tough history with Ohio State quarterbacks, but look, he can put the ball in the catch pocket extremely well from a stable base, and I know he's going to have to do that on the run, but he is athletic. We saw it against Georgia. I would be much more comfortable with Stroud. And from an evaluation standpoint, I think you'll know within a year, within that year, what you're going to get. Maybe you have to wait a few games in for the next season. I think it's a similar trajectory for Levis. I think you'll know by the end, you're probably midway through year two with Levis, what you have. With Anthony Richardson, you're probably looking until you can't make a real determination until year three, about, you know, halfway through, maybe by the end of it. He's 20, he's not even 21 yet. Mm -hmm. He's had 13 starts in college. You know, like he needs to get 20 starts under his belt before we really know what he is. He's got to make mistakes. Probably, hell, for 25. So I, I do think it's going to be a longer trajectory. There's just no way around it, Rich. Eric, for the Colts 
in any franchise, really, when you make a quarterback selection, what is your philosophy on that? I know it's based on a franchise-by-franchise basis, but would you rather sit a guy for a year, let him learn the offense, get comfortable, or are you more of a baptism-by-fire kind of guy? Well, I think in you can even look down. Um, I'm doing a lot of high school to college um, evaluation, too. So, like, yeah, I understand. Most of my evaluation yeah. I'm doing is high school to college. When I'm looking at how that transpires, when you have a freshman quarterback coming in to the big-time programs, it's, frankly, a similar jump, in my opinion. I mean, in terms of at that level, obviously more talented than the, you know, the NFL, but look at a similar jump. And I don't feel comfortable starting hardly any freshman QBs in college. And you look at that same jump, it's even a bigger yeah. adjustment going from college to the NFL. I want to sit a year if you can. Look, you're going to have the, the, the Trevor Lawrences and the Joe Burrows who really are just the, the elite of the elite prospects. Those two, I just feel like we're pristine. That just you can, you're pretty much do anything you want with them. I, I think probably Herbert, who people forget was like a, a legitimately a rocket scientist or like a, a, a physics, nuclear physics, something major was uh, legitimately one of the smartest guys in all of college football, not just at the position. He's, he's brilliant. People don't realize that. He could have handled it. But with this class coming in, I think Bryce can, even in spite of the size. But you're going to need, in most cases, almost, almost all cases, you want to have a bridge QB. And that's why you see like Las Vegas is in a good spot with Jimmy G. He's pretty much the prototype. Also Detroit. So I think if you see Indianapolis pass on a QB, Detroit, Seattle, Las Vegas, they're all in perfect positions to take one and be able to have them sit for a year and develop. You know, that's why the Colts are under the gun. That's interesting, Eric, the jump from high school to college. Who's an example of a guy that made that jump really strongly that you think, hey, maybe something similar could happen from college to the NFL? And who's an example of someone that was the opposite, that didn't handle the jump initially from high school to college very well? Sure. I mean, I, I would go with, with um, you know, the example I just used there um, with uh, – look at my brain. I just, it just brain <laughs> fart. I just mentioned the guy. Uh, I'm sorry. But um, in terms of – oh, Lawrence, of course. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is the example of the absolutely right out of the gate. There he is. Uh, Kelly Bryant was there for his senior season, and mm-hmm. it only took two games. It, it was pretty much immediate. Even though he didn't start, he was getting second-half reps. He was essentially splitting reps halftime. They had a nice, soft little early season schedule. Once they hit some some rough waters, it, it was palpably obvious that Dave O'Swinney was going to go and make the, the call, and he did three games in the season. That was obvious. Caleb Williams, another example. Caleb Williams... You understand, he went out there in Oklahoma. He's got Spencer Rattler in front of him. Round one, okay? R1 QB, everyone's saying he's the number one prospect coming out of his high school class 2019. It's going to be him. He's supposed to be the number one QB right now. Supposed to be talking about Spencer Rattler. Then Caleb Williams comes in in 2021. And the spring game, it was he went 11 for 11. He's running a 4-5 down the, the field when he breaks contain. And he absolutely outshined Spencer Rattler from the time he stepped on that field. And that's who you're looking at for 2024, which brings me to another question, right? Mm-hmm. If you're Indianapolis, okay, right? You're probably going to bottom out this year with the QB situation. You're in tough shape. 
you get, you got a bad TV situation. Do you take the bullet this year? Do you go and get your next Manning? Do you go and get the next Andrew Luck? And do you wait for Caleb next year and take a bullet and think from an organizational standpoint, you go and you build up whatever you think that next need is, you go Will Anderson, like you're talking about, and you go for Caleb. And if you don't get Caleb, you get Drake May waiting, who would be my number one class QB in this class as well at North Carolina. And hell, maybe you get the number three pick, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. is waiting there for you, who is, I think we can fair to say, would be an attractive option for Indianapolis fans, given the family <laughs> legacy. So uh, the, the grander scheme of things is at play here, and I think it has to be weighed, where maybe they're not in love with any particular QB. Maybe Jim Ursay is willing to play the waiting game. And if they do, the returns are huge. Eric Froton with us, lead college football and NFL draft analyst for NBC Sports. You can find his final mock just a couple days ago. Finalize that on NBCSportsEdge.com. Eric, a lot of smoke, particularly here on draft day, regarding what's going to happen with not just C.J. Stroud, but what's going to happen within pick two and pick three. I know in your last mock you have Stroud to the Texans, and I understand you mix betting along with your mock, but when you look at the now rumors of the Cardinals – trying to shop aggressively, where do you envision Stroud going? you think someone trades up to him at three, or do you think that ultimately he ends up in Houston and this has all just been the chaos that is the lead-up to an NFL draft? I think Arizona would be absolutely – it would be an error of – an unforced error of high magnitude for them not to trade out of that spot and collate whatever assets they can get that they think is the best option. They are actively fielding calls as we speak. Right now, it's pretty much known uh, around the league, hey, they can be had. If C.J. Stroud is there at three, I think that, that Arizona would be absolutely thrilled because then they hold, they got the hammer, and they hold all the cards for that 15 minutes that they got to pick and that they're going to move it. Absolutely, I don't think it's a doubt if, if Stroud is on there. They're going to move it anyways, but, man, they're going to they're gonna profit if Stroud's there. That would be best-case scenario for them. So that's why I think just in terms of overall, um, you know, what's the right thing to do and what's smart. Look, if CJ, if they don't want CJ Stroud, Houston, they should trade out too. And they got the number 12 pick. So I don't think that, I think Stroud is the number two QB. If it's me, that's what I would do is I would, if I'm Houston, I would stay the course. However, if they do decide that's not the case, there's no way he gets past three. I just don't think that's reasonable. And he's right now minus 140 at, at this point. But to go to, he's plus 300. So, you know, if anybody likes that, there's a particular. Hey, man, Eric, you crush it, dude. Hey, we really love talking to you. We hope you enjoy the first round tonight. And we hope it's super profitable for you as well. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I hope I help making every, somebody else money out there, too. It's no, no fun if no one else wins, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. We'll catch you later. There he is, Eric Froton, NBC Sports NFL draft analyst. Really interesting stuff. I don't know about you, Jimmy, but the most interesting part outside of potentially profiting big off the NFL draft is who defers to the second half, as I say it, is <laughs> who is it the Texans? And it seems like they might be doing this. They've got the number two overall pick. They'd have any of these quarterbacks there not named Bryce Young available to take. And a lot of people believe that they're not going with the quarterback. And that specifically would 
be like Caleb Williams, having him in mind next year, the USC quarterback, or Drake May from North Carolina. You would bypass a quarterback this season strictly thinking of what could happen in next year's draft. And when Eric brings that up with the Colts, I, I know, I know the heartbeat of Colts fans is like, we need it now. We need it. We <laughs> needed it five years ago, but we definitely need it right now. But man, that might be the best play. Put it this way, Jimmy. Which would you rather have? If you're the Texans, would you rather have the Colts end up with whoever, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, or see the Colts defer to the second half and maybe be in line to have Caleb Williams or Drake May. I think the Texans would rather the Colts go with the quarterback this year. If you're a Colts fan, look at the Texans. From your perspective, would you rather have them draft Stroud, Levis, Anderson, or defer to the second half? Richardson. I, what Anderson, I'm making stuff up. Anthony Richardson. <laughs> I was like, why does Anderson sound wrong? Oh, that's right, because it is. <laughs> Would you rather have Stroud, Levis, or Richardson for the Texans as a Colts fan or would you rather see them not take a quarterback and maybe get Caleb Williams or Drake May next year? Like that that's fascinating to me. And it seems like the Texans might go 2024 for their quarterback. We'll see. I almost respect the Texans to an extent because we talk about which teams are actively tanking and which teams aren't and, and how aggressive are you being to try to rebuild your franchise without actively, visibly daring the NFL. You can't do anything about it. We're the worst team. It's our pick. The idea they're going to trot out Davis Mills out there again it's nothing else but a clear <laughs> statement to the league, to the NFL world. We'll see you in 2024, Commissioner. Right back here, baby. Nothing you can do. It's, it's absolutely mind-boggling. I'm not saying I, I agree or disagree with them, but wow, what a call. Remember when I lobbied this up to you guys like two months ago and you guys laughed at me for it? Oh, no, no, no. I wouldn't laugh at you for that at all. I definitely, I didn't think this was bad strategy at all. I've absolutely been open to this. So, no, I don't think that's crazy at all. I just think what's funny is the Texans, think about this, how they didn't tank in Week 18 against the Colts. <laughs> that, that was that was Lovey Smith's Denzel in training day move. Like, you think you can do this to me? I run stuff here. You just yep. live here. Like, yep. that was his, oh, you're going to fire me? Take this win with you, which means you don't have the number one overall pick. Think if they had lost to the Colts, and that was in jeopardy. I actually had money on the Colts in that game, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You talk about a brutal ending there. With the, basically the short Hail Mary for a touchdown. Oh, my gosh, that was just obscene. But but they end up not getting number one overall pick. Think if the Texans lose that Week 18 game. They might just go Bryce Young. But now it alters everything. They get leapfrogged by the Panthers. Bryce Young's probably off the board. And if they don't love the next guy in line, yeah, they might go non-quarterback and look to next year's yeah. draft. That's how crazy it is where if that Hail Mary isn't answered against the Colts, they might go Bryce Young and call it a day. Honorable mentioned 
because of the chaos and the havoc, it, it's it's probably a distant, like, you know, by honorable mention, I mean, if I'm expanding my list to top 10 or top 15 of, of most epic sports days or sports moments, it, it's not, there's a long list before that, but it's in consideration. The level of chaos and just insanity, not just for people vying for playoff spots, but that exact other side of the coin of the ripple effects of near meaningless football at the (laughs) end of the year that decides, was your season worth it for all that losing? Are you going to get one more win that changes the entire trajectory of the franchise's offseason plans? It's beautiful. I can just imagine if the Texans don't take a quarterback this year and then the season (laughs) rolls around where the Texans are like, D'Amico, dude. <laughs> okay, new head coach, D'Amico <laughs> Ryan. So, Lovey Smith, when he was here last year in week 18, to go through the whole thing, now it's like, we need a quarterback, so this guy, Caleb Williams, or this other guy, Drake May, kind of a big deal. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I hope here. Davis Mills balls out. I truly, if you're a Colts fan, you should feel that same level of petty. <laughs> Davis Mills has a career best year next year. They win, like, six games, five games, whatever it would take to be the fourth or fifth pick instead of inside the top three. That's what I want to see happen for next year. You know, it's interesting, and this isn't just a Texans thing. This is also a Colts thing, is thinking about maybe next year's draft. Now, hear me out on this. First off, there was a piece on The Athletic, and Bruce Feldman, he talked to quarterback coaches, other coaches in the NFL, to hear what they were saying about Caleb Williams. And so there are a couple of quotes here, and you just you got to hear these, Jimmy, real fast. So an NFL offensive assistant said, Caleb is unbelievable, man. I think he is by far better than these guys, meaning in this year's NFL draft. Okay, so that's one assessment of Caleb Williams. Here's a quarterback's coach about Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback. His arm is special. His play extension is special. His throw selection is special. He's the closest I've seen to Mahomes. He's like a refined (laughs) Mahomes, is what this QB coach said about Caleb Williams. A refined Mahomes. Holy cow, what a (laughs) statement that is. But, But think about that for the Colts. I mean, maybe the Texans beat them to the punch, and they go non-quarterback. The Colts could do the same thing. They could go non-quarterback. If you aren't absolutely sold that Richardson's going to pan out, that Levis is going to pan out, and you feel stronger about Caleb Williams or Drake May, it absolutely makes some sense to think to next year's draft. The thing that's different is you know what quarterbacks are on the board when you're picking this year. Yeah, You don't know where you're going to finish next year. You might mess around and win five, six games, and you're fourth. Mania, baby. Yeah, you're fourth or fifth. In the draft order, who knows how it's going to shake out. I think that would screw with you. The fact that you don't know where you're picking next year, and if you win a few more games than you're bargaining for, how much you'd have to trade up to get one of these phenoms, and if that's even feasible. Right, and that's the clear counterpoint to any idea that, you know, I'd floated this out there a couple weeks ago with, hey, if you really don't like these prospects, and I clarified it again a couple days ago, if you don't have clarity on any of these prospects or your clarity shows that we don't see them going very well throughout their NFL careers. They're not for us. We're going to take a generational piece at another position of need. And I'm sorry, Colts fans, be patient with us for a second. Like, yes, I would, I would, I would respect everything about that, 
but I also get the pressures of life within a front office, within a fan base. Everybody's hungry, hungry for a quarterback. It has to happen at some time, right? It has to happen eventually to take your swing. I think we're well past that at this point. Like, I'd love to be surprised. I think a quarterback's coming off the board for the Colts tonight, but it is fascinating and admirable even if they were honest and said, yeah, we don't like any of these guys. We're punting to next year. I've got a great question for you. I'm going to save it for the end of the hour. <laughs> a oh, you're great, such a tease. I have a great question such for you. Such a tease. Oh, it's going to be at the end of the hour. Doug Kazarian is coming up next. Host of ESPN's Daily Wager. This dude, <laughs> Jimmy, he won almost $300,000 on a draft day bet. He had Tyson Campbell as the first safety off the board last year. At about a hundred to one odds. Two years ago, but semantics. Not two fun. years. Sorry, two years ago. So he laid about thirty five hundred dollars in one, just short of three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> is what our next guest did two seasons ago. I mean, I, it's a white whale of all white whales. Truly, I is. Mean, we got to find out if he's got anything, <laughs> anything else. In the pressure cooker this year. <laughs> and also everything that he's thinking about the Colts and their pursuit of a quarterback. We'll have Doug Kazarian coming up next. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. Want to welcome in Doug Kazarian, outstanding host for ESPN's Daily Wager. I always wondered who does the music for the, the show Daily Wager. Is that Slayer, Doug? I'm just, I don't know if that's... Uh, <laughs> I was very no? impressed with the, the music you just played. Uh, well done. Um, so we have like a, a music bed, basically. And um, it's like all like kind of like independent music, but they're very similar sounding music to like stuff you've heard over the years. Because if you if you get the actual band, it costs a fortune, right? Yeah. So um, it's funny. Like we play uh, nightcap numbers if there's like a late Pac-12 game or something. So we like turn down the lights, put a fireplace like image and like peanuts, and we joke that like we have like a you know you know like a bailout game, but like we play this like smooth jazz music. And the names that the, the the music beds are saved under are like hilarious. <laughs> and one was like super creepy. Like the late night thing was like, you know, just such a creepy, like off color term or something. So <laughs> no, I hear you, man. Um, you know, first thing I have off the top of my head is your selection of Tyson Campbell. Yes. A couple of years ago. So you have this <laughs> monstrous cash, Doug, like just under $300,000 for predicting Tyson Campbell is going to be the first safety off the board. I, I just have to know what your general reaction was when Tyson Campbell was indeed the first safety chosen two years ago. Well, it's like, I mean, I could really write a book, um, you know, for like the sequence of events and um, everything that like transpired. Yesterday was the anniversary, by the way, of the day I placed the bet. <laughs> so, it's actually like my best friend's son's uh, birthday as well. So he jokes that I was doing that as a birthday gift for his college, to, his college, <laughs> his college fund. But no, I mean, it, it, it's just the draft betting is so like elaborate, right? Just think of like instead of like three circles in a Venn diagram, think of like eleven, right? 
And you just have to sort of know how to connect dots, piece stuff together, understand the domino effect of everything. And that year, it's funny, you know, we're a couple of years out, and they recently I saw an article or a poll that they said if they redid the draft, he'd go like 15th overall. So he was just a, a riser over the weekend on some draft boards. I believe Monday Zerline had him as, as a late first rounder. And I know his over-under in the draft market at one of the books in town was originally 60, 60 and a half, so basically end of the second round. And he got bet down to 46 and a half. So still he was projected middle of the second round, right? And what happened is he's a corner, but he's like a tweener. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that corner is such a premium position compared to safety that there was a chance like the eighth cornerback would be ahead of the first safety, Travis Moberg Woodard. So it just worked out. It was a perfect storm and all that. But my reaction, because he got carried over to the second day. So pins and needles watching the end of the first round of the steakhouse. And then all the reports were coming out that Urban Meyer recruited him back in the day at Ohio State. Now he wants him at Jacksonville. And they had actually put up some yes-no props because Jacksonville was the first team on the clock in the second round. And so books like had like 15 hours to take handle on it. So I kind of like knew that that's where it was headed. And I was able to lay off some of it and try to, you know, secure a, a positive hit, you know, positive gain. But so you didn't have the, you know, the random shock, but like you had the full buildup for sure. Doug, this feels like a crazy question because I know the profit difference is, you know, right on one hundred fifty thousand dollars. But which are you more proud of, your William Hill College Pick'em Football Contest back in November, or that bet hitting in the NFL Draft in twenty twenty one? Yeah, I uh, I'd say it's two hundred fifty thousand dollars difference. But um, <laughs> my math's not I so would good. <laughs> two top five finishes in a college football contest, and probably like the premier one is a nice flex. I think I think that's the one that does it. I think having two cards, you know, whatever it was, eight games a week, not even the entire card, and just to be like that consistent in a documented contest, right? Like, there's no funny business there there's no people questioning any of that nonsense like this is legit and it's against everyone else and have two top fives that definitely i think is more impressive he's done kazari and i big ju- jumbo happy gilmore check so <laughs> oh you <laughs> yes. did that's awesome oh that's great that <laughs> yeah. makes it way better right there doug kazarian from espn's daily wager joining us here on the fan you know how about this year's draft doug where you think about the steam where the betting crowd is just flocking toward initially it was C.J. Stroud to be the first overall pick. Then it was, for a short time after a Reddit post, Will Levis to be the first overall pick. How have you treated this year's draft? Have you been mostly an anti-steam guy where the public is going toward this one area and and you kind of swim upstream? Is that how you've approached it? So... Steam in like the conventional betting market, like an NBA playoff game or an NFL game, like that, you got to respect. Especially late money is the right money. But this stuff, I, I, I have enough good guys who you know who do the draft, and I know my stuff. Like, I feel like we are the steam, and like I don't respect it that much. And I also know I see a lot of professional betters getting into the draft betting space, where I'm like. I think it's like their ego. Like they're like, well, I've never bet the draft before, but I bet props. And if these guys can make money, I can make money. And I just think it's an acquired skill that takes years to kind of understand. And I'm seeing market moves that just like make no sense. And then eventually I'm right. Again, because of a lot of people I talk to, not just me. So um, we've been doing it long enough. It's a different animal. The odds makers are getting a little better too. 
So I, I'm sticking to my guns. The last few years, I've been dismissive of some of the steam. Um, so I'm just going to let Russ cook, so to speak, with my buddies. And <laughs> I trust us. Doug, you tweeted about this before you came on with us regarding Anthony Richardson's movement. Uh, when you tweeted this 10 minutes ago, they were co-favorites for the fourth overall pick uh, at DraftKings Sportsbook. Anthony Richardson, now the betting favorite, plus 100 to plus 125 to go fourth overall. In that same spiel about what's happening with sportsbooks as they attack more and more of the draft, how much do we believe with these line movements? Because sometimes it feels like they're just going wherever the wind blows like some of the other national pundits are. Yeah, again, like everything in this world with betting, it's nuanced, right? So the other day we learned it was a Reddit post that moved <laughs> overall with Levis, right? And, um, you know, the, the, the price on Bryce Young got to minus 800. And I said, if it gets to 600, I'm in. Or maybe 500, I'm hammering it because I just laughed at it. And, you know, maybe if it just kind of died there on the Reddit post, but the guy who posted was actually arguing back and forth with people. So then I knew it wasn't legitimate because, like, anybody with half a brain is not going to be doing that if they're, like, have credible information and they're a credible, like, you know, connected person and, and an adult. So I was like, all right, well, that's good news. And then it faded away, and we're back to, like, minus 2,000 for Bryce Young, number one overall. With this is different because Richardson has had such volatility all along, and, the, and the, the Colts have kept things so tight all along. And Levis makes the most sense, but Richardson's ceiling is astronomical. So I would say I'm sticking by my guns. I'm saying Levis. I bet Levis. I probably could have bailed on the Richardson thing, but I just don't believe it. Now, if the Colts were interested in, and had a, had a steady start, like if Matt Ryan was still back as starting quarterback and they needed someone as a project, fine, because Richardson is a project. But I think my understanding is they want someone to come in right away and Richardson's just not ready. And when I think of Jalen Hurts' offense with Steichen, Levis is more like that. Levis is that guy. Hey, Doug, what bet do you like the most or a couple of the bets that you like the most in the first round tonight? You know, it's funny. I just got off the phone with my producer and because my column with the picks came out yesterday and the market's already moved. Like, I, Will Anderson, second overall, plus 300. Well, now he's minus 500. So that that's Oof. no longer a, an option. I would say Kincaid. I'm still going to – well, I'd say yeah. die on that hill, but live on that hill. I still think he's the first tight end. Now, both over-unders for Kincaid and Mayer have been hammered under, so I agree with that. Initially, Mayer under had not been hit. So now both are hit heavily under. I'm just going to go with Kincaid plus money to be the first tight end. I don't believe in Mayer uh, being going ahead of him. I think there's been steam on that. He could. I mean, Mel Mel's, Mel Kuyper's mock draft today has um, Mayer ahead of him, but other mocks, including McShay, has Kincaid at 13 to Green Bay. So I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to bet it. I'm heavy on the Kincaid thing, but I would respect, you know, I like under as well, but his under's gotten steam from like minus 130 to like 300. So that's no longer an option. I also like Trenton Simpson, first linebacker at three to one or so. Linebacker, safety, like we talked about a little bit ago. Those are the positions that like drop. And later in the draft is much harder to predict than mm-hmm. the first half of the draft, right? Like top 10 versus the bottom 10. So you can get value because it just gets sort of scatterbrained at the bottom 10 of the draft. And then it becomes into like preference, positional need, things like that. So, Simpson's a really unique guy. He's like a hybrid safety and linebacker. He's listed under linebackers. And if the right team wants them, they're going to take them because they're not foregoing like a 10-year left tackle at like pick number eight, right? So 
those are the position groups where you have more variance. So I would take Simpson at plus three dollars to be the first linebacker, and even plus three eighty to be a first rounder. I think teams at the end of the first round, he's a really unique, like almost like a Buda Baker guy. I would like him, and he comes from Clemson. Obviously, they were elite defense. I think the pedigree's there at plus three dollars. I think it's a really interesting. If the right team wants him, it's it's a nice like he's an outlier in that position group. Doug Kazarian with us. You can follow him on Twitter at Doug ESPN, host of the Daily Wager. Doug, in terms of, and I know the odds have fluctuated, so this is hard, and I know you've been playing this game throughout the week, but but what's the, the best juice of any wagers that you've made? Let's square it down to this week if you've made any. So like my portfolio, so to speak? Yes. Uh, I put this in the column that posted yesterday, Giants 20-1 to to, to, to uh, draft a tight end with their first pick. They're now 8-1. to one. I would not do it. I'm sitting at 65-1. to one. Um, so that would, that would be my big sport because like, you know, and it, it adds up, don't get me wrong, but a few extra, you know, like this stuff adds up at 65 to one. So, you know, let's chill on the steak dinner this weekend and put it on at 65 to one. Right. <laughs> I, would say, I would say at current prices, one thing I could, I'm going to talk about in the show is there's a variance to the offense alignment run. So if this reported trade up to three, and happens and stuff. So Arizona's going to trade down because Arizona could take alignment at three. And then we could also see alignment at like seven to the Raiders and nine to the Bears. But like there's another path. Like the chaos begins at two or three. And there's this path where like quarterbacks go in the top four and or three of the top four. And then it just kind of goes defense alignment. Then the corners go back to back with Witherspoon and Gonzalez. So we could not see a, we could see alignment at three or we could see our first alignment at like 11 or 12. And I would say the variance is like you want to you want to look at ceilings and floors. So I, I've seen Paris Johnson like over eight and a half and over nine and a half, like plus three dollars. He could go three, but he could also go like fourteen because he's the only left tackle, and the Bears need a guard, and the best guard is right. Um, I like him at like eight to one. It's an exact team. So there's ways to sort of piecemeal it and do it where you just kind of like you can hit them all, or you can lose. Them. You know, it's just a nice sort of plus one. <laughs> package and that's how you connect dots now trades screw everything up and obviously like the bears could trade back to 11 and also take right and then things like that it, it's all this and this richardson noise is making a lot of noise so but there's a way to play it because i think the current pricing there's just been a market correction and the books don't really adjust after one move like let's say richardson's over under moves to four well that should affect like other guys, like like likelihood of being under, right? Mm-hmm. So like someone else's, like Paris Johnson, eight and a half should be in, in theory less likely if Richardson's more likely to go in the top four, then there's going to be a domino effect on that. And then maybe even Witherspoon and Gonzalez, the two corners, in theory should move back a spot or Jalen Carter. You know, there has to be an adjustment accordingly. Like it'd be the equivalent of moving a point spread from minus four to minus four and a half, but not moving the plus four to plus four and a half, right? Like yeah. you have to move other things that are correlated because you can't have two picks at three, like one's three. And then, you know, so it's just, it, they're, they don't, they're not, it's really hard to, for them to kind of like finesse it all because the teams have such different needs and likelihood at each numbered spot. How about the live betting market for the draft, Doug? Because some places don't offer a whole lot of bets. Is there anything in terms of live betting the NFL draft, especially tonight, that you I might look to take is. advantage of? Yeah, far away places I believe there is, but I don't think like DraftKings and those places do it. I could be wrong. Yeah. 
But, like, I'm in Nevada, and they don't do it. Everything's off the board right now in Nevada. And I'm going to look tonight. And the draft, you know, part of my columns that I wrote is just the, the interest and the passion of the draft has just grown exponentially. So it's um, there's a demand out there for sure. I just don't know how much handle you can get within, like, 10-minute picks, right? Is it worth it for them to expose them? Because they already hate, they already hate booking the draft but they do it because they respect the customer and they're not going to just like not offer it. Right. Except unless you're MGM, but like if you can do it, they respect it. If they lose money, so be it. But I don't think they're going to be trying to appeal to like the live betters of the draft. I think that might be, we're, we're, I don't think we're there yet, but I, I can't speak for them. I'll, I'll take a look tonight. I don't know that for sure. By the way, Doug, how about this? Sometimes ideas pop into my head. They're not always gold, but how about this? If you hit your uh, giants tight end bet at 65 to one, like Jimmy and I get treated to a steak dinner compliments of you. What do you think about that arrangement? All right, let's let, we'll do that. Next time you're in Vegas, we'll do that. Let's go. Let's go Giants. Woo! You need a tight yeah. end over here. No doubt. Karma. I'm big on Carva. <laughs> All right, Doug, All right, but man. I'll be broke if Levis doesn't go four. So Levis has to go four as well. Okay, we'll make that happen too cuz I would love to see that happen. I can't promise you that. Yeah. <laughs> Doug, you're the man, bud. Thanks for the time today and we'll catch you soon. Thank you, Doug. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. There he is, Doug Kazarian, host of ESPN's Daily Wager. Man, you know what, Jimmy? You should thank me. You know, every now and then I broker a deal, and you benefit from this. But we here's, might have here's just my gotten issue, a free though. steak dinner. Here. Here's my issue, though. Who'd you forget about? And it's not free anyway. You got to pay to go fly out to Vegas. Who'd you forget about, though? See, Come on. See, listen to listen to Eddie. Sometimes he's Eeyore. You know, Eeyore from uh, the cartoons where he's like, I mean, you got to pay to go out to Vegas and it's not really a score. Hey, hey. Is that who you're saying? Hey, huh? I'm saying that you didn't broker a deal for the entirety of this ragtag marching band show we got going on. What about my boy, Eddie? What are we doing? Come on. I'm the one who puts you on the air here. Come on. That's true. You do, Eddie. (laughs) My bad. I apologize for that. By the way, how about that? Uh, with Doug saying, I feel like we are the steam. What a great line. Are you kidding me? I thought immediately of Breaking Bad, like, <laughs> I am the one who yep. knocks. Yep. Are you kidding me? That's the equivalent in betting to say, I feel like we are the steam here. Oh, that is gorgeous. Say right there. my name. <laughs> <laughs> Did you already uh, already put the t-shirt request out? You got that printed in the mail? Oh, the that is code. tremendous. I also think that was a great point by Doug talking about the Reddit guy. Yeah. Who put that out about <laughs> Levis being the number one overall pick. And then he knew it wasn't a credible source because he's arguing with everybody on Reddit. Right. And that's a great point. But how awesome would it be if credible reporters did argue with like Twitter <laughs> eggs and Schefter's just going... You know, blow for blow with some dude that's like, that's not true. That team's not doing that. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's just going, <laughs> I would sign up for I'm that. That's what I, that would be beautiful. What do you think? Kincaid first tight end? You in? Trenton Simpson first linebacker? What do you think? Yes. Yes. I'm in on both. You're in on both? Yep. Okay. We didn't quite get, rightfully so, because the odds changed a ton. We didn't quite get the full scale white whale that uh, Doug yeah. was able to scoop out a couple years ago. But oh, uh, it's those, are, those are diamonds in the rough. Yeah, hitting on 100 to 1 doesn't happen every year. No, no doubt. All right, coming up next, I've got a tremendous question for you, Jimmy. Also for Eddie and the greater Indianapolis area as well. I think this is gold. We'll see how you feel coming up. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. 
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. Here on the fan. Man, are the Steelers on the clock <laughs> with Renegade coming here? Very nice. It's a trade-off. What? what? You kidding. know, we'll, we'll dive into this a little bit more in the next hour here, Jimmy. But just to wet your whistle, here's the question. I think it's tremendous. As <laughs> Eddie cackles in the background. <laughs> wet your whistle. <laughs> just getting our beak wet. Get the beak wet. I understand. Yeah, just dip I your it. big toe in these I waters over here. Are you angrier tonight if the Colts draft Will Levis or if they don't draft a quarterback at all? Me or a Colts fan? You. Don't draft one. You're angrier if they don't draft one? Yes. So you are full steam ahead on the Will the Thrill Expressway. I love it. I'm not, ang- I don't, I'm not anti-Levis. <laughs> it's just not the guy I want them to draft. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with Eddie. Like, I'm not trying to draw a full line in the sand. Like, I'm I'm a complete Will Levis hater. Like, I like I, I don't want yeah. them to take him. I don't. I think that he's the fourth best of the QBs that are here. But I I don't. I would not go as far as to say, yeah, okay, trade back and do it next year. Okay. All right. So you would be angrier with no quarterback, right? I would be. No. 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 You're angrier I'm, with Levis. I'm taking door three. I know it's a cop out, but I need to clarify it. That wasn't would, an option. Jimmy. It's not an option. Jimmy. I I would be not an option. Shut. I would be more upset if they took another position player. I'd rather them trade out and punt. I would. I'd be more mad. The thing that make me most mad tonight is if it's Will Anderson Jr. that they take it. Well, he's not going to be there. But that just giving an example. Like right, that's, Tyree Wilson. All right, that's cute, Jimmy. Now answer the question. You know what, Jimmy? We'll give you about, uh, I don't know, 15 minutes to kick this around. <laughs> I, look, I'm, I'm with Eddie. Like, if you're making me pick, I'm no, with Eddie. I'm, but, but, I, I, would rather, I would rather them just take Levis and be done with it. Let's revisit this. Let's revisit this next hour. We're going to talk to Jeff Schwartz first. Does a tremendous job. Fox Sports Radio, Sirius XM host. We'll talk about the draft with Jeff, and then we'll revisit this question. Which would make you angrier? The Colts draft Levis or the Colts do not draft a quarterback? Jeff and Will Around the corner. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. Want to welcome in Jeff Schwartz. Does a great job. Fox Sports Radio host, Sirius XM host. He's uh, got a big social media presence on Twitter. And uh, he is, he's an iPhone snob is actually what he is. And Jeff, we had a mutual friend, Russ, on our uh, text thread who threw this our way. I just had to play a portion of it. There's a stand-up comedian that's railing against iPhone users, and it is just absolute gold. So just just a brief taste of that for you here, sir. I got an Android phone. Apparently that's bad. <laughs> or something. Anyone else say got an Android? Is just me? You got an Android? Yeah? People can hate us. We the most discriminated group in America. Every time I try to go in a group chat, it's like I'm trying to integrate an all-white school. Y'all freak the f*** out, people with iPhones, you racist pieces of s***. You act like we lowered the property value I, I just had to play that for you, because yeah. that, that is tremendous there, Jeff Schwartz. Yeah, yeah, Brian, it's, it's, yes, it's your fault. Our group text messages look all awkward. <laughs> we, can't share, we can't share links properly. Videos don't come through right. 
I know it. I'm ruining everything we, over here. Yes. We resent you for that. We've actually talked about all chipping in together to get you an iPhone just so we could text each other. <laughs> well, I guess, you know what? If we bridge the two together, who, in your opinion, would be the Android user of the top quarterback prospects? Where you bring him in oh, and Levis. they start to ruin stuff. <laughs> it's Will Levis. He's, yes. the, he's the Android guy. I, I just, I just don't. Well, you know, mayonnaise in your coffee just makes you an Android user immediately, right? I mean, that's the immediate answer. I, you know, I just, you know, it's so funny about the way this process works, right? You know, so we have months and months and months of the ability to watch everyone play football, right? Like we have this film, right? We have film of all these prospects for so many months, and. We, we know Bryce Young is, is, is the best prospect, right, in this class. I think we can all agree on that. Now, whether or not he's going to be a good NFL player, I don't know. The, the, the size is certainly a concern. He's an, he'd be an outlier, right? It's hard to draft an outlier with number one overall pick, but he's the most ready to play now. P.J. Stroud, in my opinion, is the next best quarterback, especially if he plays like he did against Georgia. He's going to be a very good pro. Then we get to Will Levis, and somehow, like, we just decided, not we, but kind of like the NFL draft media or the NFL personnel members, like, yeah, you know, we've had three months of film, but in the fourth month of film, guys, we, we, we figured out he's going to be a good pro all of a sudden. It's like, well, what, what happened the first three months of film? Like, are we trying to find ways this guy's going to be good all of a sudden? I don't understand it. Like, to me, if you've watched film on a player and you've watched a month of film, you had a month to watch. You've watched four, five, six, seven games, and you didn't see it then. I don't know what's going to change after watching for the next two months. So I just don't see it with him. Like MP Richardson to me is sort of in the same boat. Like he has the most upside. It's so boomer bust with, with him. I just don't see it with 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 Levis and the idea that he's going two, which I think is now way unlikely according to the wagering odds tonight. But even at four to Indy, like I, I would, if CJ Stroud is there, man. Take CJ Stroud. Like, do not take Will Levis or CJ Stroud. What, what are we doing? What are we doing? They, how many years are we going to do this where Dak Wilson goes ahead of someone else or Mr. Bissy, you know, goes ahead of Deshaun Watson? Like, what are we doing with ourselves? I could end the interview right there and be happy. I, 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 could be, I could be happy with with the rest of the proceedings that happened today, but I'm not going to do that. Jeff, from the player's perspective, you went through the draft process. Your brother went through the draft process. That gap between the combine up until draft day, what's that like from the player's point of view? Well, you kind of have like a, a, a varying degree of, um, of different processes, right? So you sort of have you know, the process of like my, kind of what my brother went through as a second round pick and, and what the first round guys do. And, and even guys that like aren't combine guys that the teams want to get to know a little bit more. You, you go to those top 30 visits, you know, your pro day, you have, you know, a lot of teams come out and they want to meet with you and, and get to know you a little bit better. And so you spend a lot of that time getting to know the teams a little bit more and, and, and they get to know you and the player like me, a seventh round pick. I didn't have any top 30 visits. I didn't have a lot of people in my pro day. Um, you know, I think people and teams pretty much knew who I was, and there wasn't much um, extra exploration. So those are kind of the two boats you're in. You know, teams are still trying to explore who you are, um, and then there's you know teams and and in, in, in front offices that know who you're going to be, and to know they're not doing as much work on on you. But nonetheless, going first overall tonight, you're Bryce Young. You're, you're Mr. Relevant and Brock Purdy. There's still going to be nervousness tonight, anxiety, anxiousness, um, and it's a, it's a pretty unique experience that not a lot of people in the world get to experience. And 
um, it's it's a pretty cool opportunity for a lot of these guys, especially tonight. I mean, first round draft pick. The thing about the draft too is this follows you around your whole career, even if you're not good. If, if you're a first round draft pick, I mean, how many guys do we see? Um, you know, even their eighth year, they're not even good. And, and what, what's the first thing we you know we we say when someone gets signed? Oh, former first round draft pick, right? Mm-hmm. Former first round draft pick, former first, even if they stink, it follows you your entire career. No one says former seventh round draft pick, like no, it's a former first round draft pick. Um, so it's something that fits you your entire career. So players should be very proud of themselves tonight that they hear their names being called. He's Jeff Schwartz joining us here on the fan. You know, Jeff, I think a lot of times what we do is we look too much at this specific draft class whether it's, say, Stroud versus Levis, and we just get pigeonholed into thinking that's all it is, when in reality it's C.J. Stroud against all the other starting quarterbacks in the NFL or Will Levis against all the other starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm not expecting them to be a finished product in week one, but when you look at it from that perspective, Stroud, where he projects to be against all the other starting quarterbacks in the NFL, what do you see? Good question. I mean, by that standard, I would just skip it and wait for Caleb Williams next year, right? Like that's sort of because that, that Caleb Williams and Drake May next year are better than any of the guys this year. Um, and, and you know, it's a good point, right? Like if you're an, an AFC team, if you're the Colts, you're thinking to yourself, well, we have to draft someone to beat Pat Mahomes, right? We have to draft someone to beat in our division, Trevor Lawrence. Is CJ Stroud that guy? Um, I have changed the way I view the quarterback position the last couple of years coming out of the draft. I, I used to be very, um, you know, very kind of black and white, where, like, it was this guy was good, this guy's going to be bad, end of story. And I do feel a way about Will Levis. I feel a way about Zach Wilson. I was wrong about Josh Allen, wrong about Lamar Jackson. Um, but I do think where you go, how you're coached, and – kind of the willingness of your team to make it work scheme-wise, it changes the equation of, of how we of, – of kind of the success that you can have as a quarterback, right? Like Jalen Hurts, for example, is a good, a, a good example. Like if he goes to a team that isn't so willing to kind of grow an offense around him and then let, you know, let, let him grow into that offense, you know, you probably don't get the same player you have in Philly. And I think that's, that's so important. So – Long way to say, you know, Stroud, yeah, right now, do I see him as, you know, being able to, to, to even, you know, be better than Trevor Lawrence? No. But, you know, you, you have a, 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 an offensive minded coach in Indianapolis and in, in, in Shane Steichen who has been successful in developing young quarterbacks in Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts. And there's no saying that, you know, you, you surround him with the right talent and you put together a scheme that fits what he does really well. In two or three years, you're contending for a Super Bowl. I can't say that's never going to happen anymore because I think coaches do such a better job now of putting their players in better position for success. And 20 years ago when it was like, we're just going to run what I run because that's what I've always done and you have to figure out how to play in my offense. Now coaches are just much more adaptable. Jeff Schwartz with us, Sirius XM, as well as Fox Sports. Nice enough to take some time with us here on the Fan Midday Show. Jeff, the smoke is all around us right now with draft day upon us and the draft is a few hours away. When you look at a team like Tennessee, another division rival of the Colts, there's been 
ties to them in Arizona. Mocks are going to them in Arizona as Arizona continues to try to get rid of that pick and obtain draft capital any way they can. We were debating this earlier. When you look at Tennessee as it stands, do you think it's the right move for them with where their assets are, with where their roster is, to go trade up and get a guy like C.J. Stroud at three? Good question. Um, well, if it is if it is to avoid your division rival from you know from getting him, and you like him that much, then yes, I would say right. Like if you if C.J. Stroud is your guy, and to answer the previous question, you think he's your Pat Mahomes. And you, you don't want him to get in the hand of your division rival. You don't want to wait till 11. You don't want to wait till, you know, to maybe the Colts draft Will Levis and then you trade up with the Seahawks at five, right? Let's say. Um, then, yes, by all means, I'm always in favor of teams trading up to find their quarterback. Absolutely. Go do it. Even if it doesn't work out, I understand the, the methodology behind wanting to do that. But if you're the Titans, um, you have a lot of holes on your roster right now. And you're sort of in rebuild mode. I can certainly make the case, and I think it's a hard sell for, for probably variable at this point, and I don't know how much they're looking ahead to next year, where being bad this year, like you can, you have some good players. Being bad at quarterback for one year with a good roster to get you Drake Mink or Caleb Williams next year is kind of more beneficial in my opinion. Than, than trading up for a quarterback this year. Like, save your draft picks. Like, draft the best player in 11. Draft the best offensive tackle. Draft, draft the best pass rusher. Like, just get better at 11. Don't trade up and, and use your draft picks for next year on a quarterback this year. Like, just just be 3-14 and 14 next season with, with uh, Malik Willis and Ryan Tannehill and get, and get yourself Caleb Williams next year. So I, I would argue that, no, don't trade up for, for Stroud. Um Unless you think he's your Pat Mahomes, like if you, if you have any doubt whatsoever, do not do it. But um, I don't know if they're thinking ahead to next year yet. I and mean, that's the thing is, like, I don't know how many teams have already kind of peaked ahead of next year. I would imagine most haven't. They know who Caleb Williams is, yeah, but he's he's better than any of these guys this year. Jeff, what would you think if you're a diehard Colts fan and they're going to have a seventh different starting quarterback? in week one over the last seven years and the veteran guys haven't worked out with Wentz and Matt Ryan that's all the history so you're a diehard Colts fan are you angrier if they take Will Levis or angrier if they don't take a quarterback at all and they try to get in range to get Caleb Williams or Drake May next year I think you're angrier if they don't take a quarterback this year like I, I, I think if you're a Colts fan, um, you're probably tired of the the BS. Like Andrew Luck retired 27 years ago. Like get over it now. Like he retired, <laughs> it happened. It's it stunk, right? Like we've all like we've we've even gotten past now that it's been long enough where we've had the oral histories, like multiple of them, right? Like we've had the the podcast, we've had the articles. Like we've had it's been that long now. Like it's it's time to move past that. And I think this is the first off season. It, sound, it sounds like, at least in the building, they've actually acknowledged that. Like, he's not coming back. It happened. We need to find a young answer for quarterback. And you have a new coach. You have a general manager that I think is not on the hot seat, but it's like we need to find a quarterback. Like, we got to find someone in the future. And it's hard to sell to your program another year of ineptitude at quarterback. I'm not saying it was all bad. I mean, Philip Rivers led the course of the playoffs. So it's not been terrible. Um, and 
and you need to you need to show something kind of for um, you know for finally kind of acknowledging that that luck has retired and we need to find someone younger. So I would say that as a fan base, you know, fans are, are pretty excited for any young working quarterback. They'll be excited for for Willis. Also, it gives you hope, right? You get three or four years of, of hope of uh, you know maybe Willis becomes good. You know, going and playing for, for Caleb Williams is, is hard to do. As much as I say that I think teams might do that, we saw last year, you try to tank, there's no guarantee you're going to be able to do it right. The yeah. NFL has how many years have we seen that? I mean, the Dolphins ended up with two two years ago or three years ago now anyways, but they were tanking for two and ended up with the, with the fifth seed. The, the the Texans last year were tanking and they ended up with the second the 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 second pitch. I would say they need to end up with a young quarterback at four or three or two wherever they end up. Um, and it has to be, to me, it's Stroud or, or, or Richardson. But I, I would, I think I would prefer to, it, it to be Stroud if they had that option. Jeff, which position group outside of quarterback excites you the most in this draft? Good question. Um, I think that the deepest position just overall, especially in the first couple of days, I, look, I'm not going to come here and tell you that the fifth round right guards <laughs> class is good. <laughs> no one's picked Right. Um, I think the tight ends are really good this year. Um, and there's a variety of kind of what they are, right? You look at Dalton Kincaid. I think Dalton Kincaid is the best pass catcher of any player in this draft. Um, any wide receiver, like any, anyone. He's the best pass catcher. You know, but he's a little bit older, has a back injury that he had to kind of deal with. You know, Michael Mayer, obviously, from uh, from Notre Dame. Um, you look at Washington from, from Georgia, Laporta from Iowa, uh, Luke Musgrave from Oregon State, who I think if – he had stayed healthy this year, would be the first tight end drafted, but he just wasn't healthy, and there's not a lot of film on him. But he he's a he can do everything. He can catch and block, and he's a he runs really well. He, he played four sports in high school, and one of them included, I believe, alpine skiing. Like a supreme athlete. Um, there's a kid from uh, from North, South Dakota State, I believe, in on there as well as a tight end, um, uh, Croft. Uh, it's just it's a really good class kind of the first two, three rounds. And I think a lot of teams that are looking for tight ends are going to get a lot better, even if they wait till the second or th- second, really second day uh, to find a, a tight end. So that class, it's not sexy maybe, um, but there's a, there's a lot of good tight ends uh, in, in this draft this year. Hey, Jeff, you're the man. Hope you enjoy the draft tonight. Hope it's profitable and you hit on some prop bets as well, man. Oh, dude, how many bets do you have tonight? Do you, have you counted? <laughs> I, you know what? Make sure you're sitting down for this. I don't have one yet. Can you believe that? How do you not have one? I, I don't have. I'm a late bloomer. You know, like uh, I don't know. Most of my betting. Now. Yeah, most of my betting is toward the the end. Jeff, you do you know, have like, one you can give us? So I'll give you this is a super long shot, but it, it's like the most value you're going to find of any wager right now because it's all ridiculous right now. Um, I got a buddy who sent me a message that said that the um, the Eagles at ten um, might look to trade out, which I no surprise. The Eagles are always mm-hmm. going to trade out, and it could be for a wide receiver at ten. So I took uh, I took JSN at like plus uh, four thousand to be a tenth pick overall. Ooh, okay, not bad. I like that. He wouldn't be matched up with uh, with C.J. Stroud, though. What's C.J. Stroud going to do without five first-round wide receivers, Jeff? That wouldn't be good. It's exactly – it's true. He has had a lot of first-round wide receivers. That is true. But right now, there's no value on anything. I mean, I I feel pretty good. There's a – Peter Skronsky 
first offensive lineman is like was plus two fifty ish today. Wow. Um, yeah, he's the best offensive lineman. I don't I don't really understand the Paris Johnson thing. That's a pretty good thing bet right now. I mean, it's between him and Paris Johnson, and you're getting nearly two to one over you know, two and a half to one. I, I think that's not a bad wager today either. Not at Ooh, all. Oh, oh, here. I'll give you one other one I took. I took this today, too. I took under one and a half running backs um, at, like, plus 225-ish. I just don't buy the, the, the Gibbs, like, first-round talk. Mm. Like, if, 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 if Bijan goes in the first round, like, which team is in the back half of the first round is really drafting a running back? Are, are the, the, the Chargers aren't doing it. The Vikings doing it. Like, the teams in the back half of the first round are all winning teams. They're not taking a running back in the first round. Um <laughs> Like, so I just think that's a good one, too. Not bad. Not bad. Well, hey, man, yeah. enjoy the draft, Jeff. We'll catch you soon, bud. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thanks, Jeff. Yep, you too, man. There he is, Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Radio, Sirius XM host. Does a great job. Yeah, I I feel like I lost some betting respect from Jeff not having bets yet on the, tra- on the I, 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 At the very least, I think you disappointed him at I minimum. Know, know. He's just sitting there firing. <laughs> and he hit on, um, what was it? Uh, the other night, he had Westbrook's under. Uh, he had his point total under, and I think it was like 26 and a half or Ooh. something like that. He texted the group, and he's like, I'm taking the under on this. And I'm like, hey, maybe. It's just Westbrook without Kawhi is firing out there. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. I'll take the under. And he was right. He was easily right on that. Um, man, a lot to unpack. Brian No and Jimmy Cook with you here. 93.5, 107.5, the fan. I think that's... One of the more interesting questions of tonight is it just seems and feels like the Colts are walking away with the quarterback. You get that sense too, yes. Jimmy? I, I felt like that for a while now. It doesn't mean it's set in stone that's the case. So if you open the door to the possibility of them not getting a quarterback, I think it leads to an interesting question. There are so many anti-Levis people out there. It's ridiculous. My guess is I just got tweeted here from uh, – RD, and he just wrote, having to listen to Brian on the fan is miserable. I'm guessing he's like an anti-Levis sheep out there, most likely. (laughs) And so for me, giving the double thumbs up to Will Levis, it's like, this guy is dreadful. I can't, maybe it's something else that he hates me. I don't know. But (laughs) my guess is that there are a a ton of anti-Levis fans uh, people in the Indianapolis area. That's, that's not my guess. That's a, a certainty. Well, he's, he's the most polarizing prospect in the draft, you right. could argue. Not just here, but like across the board. So the question becomes, as a Colts fan, are you angrier if they draft Will Levis tonight or if they don't take a quarterback at all in the entire draft? And I, I find that to be really interesting. And I would say, you know me, I'm a Levis guy. I think he's going to pan out. I think that it's just follow the leader, and this guy has turned out to be the scum of the earth, and there's no way he pans out. Like, the anti-Levis people, that's how they sound. Like, there's no chance this guy possibly pans out. I think it's gone way too far with the negativity. But with that being said, there are a lot of people that are anti-Levis. I'm really curious. I think they would be angrier if they didn't get a quarterback at all. I think it would be more so like, what are we doing again? We're doing the retread. We're doing the veteran guy for another season, and we don't have a rookie that we're grooming. Like, really? Like, I think there would be more brushback if there's no QB because you don't know where the Colts are selecting next year. They might have the fifth overall pick, 
And let's say the Texans are at number one. Yeah. It's not like you can trade with the Texans to get Caleb Williams. You don't know where you're going to be at. So I, you agree with me? I think fans would be yeah. angrier with nothing than they would be with Will Levis. I think that it's easy to say that the Levis haters would be louder. But I think overall, if you polled the entire fan base, I think that's the answer you would get, that more would be upset if they didn't take a quarterback at all because it's been a long time. They want one of their own, largely, even if they have to be talked into it. If their prospect of choice is not taken, at the end of the day, they'll come back around and see whatever prospect it is can do for them, whether it's week one, week eight, or week one of 2024. Whenever it is, they just want to know there's a guy there waiting in the wings. Well, the other question becomes this, Jimmy. If any of these teams wait until next year to try to get one of these top quarterbacks, Caleb Williams, Drake May, is your roster bad enough where you're going to have a top two pick? That's the question. Like, If the Titans, there are a lot of mock drafts, they're jumping from 11 to 3 to get a quarterback. Let's just say they don't do that. What? How bad are they? Are they going to have a top two pick? Like, No. If the Colts don't go with the quarterback this year, are they going to have a top two pick? Probably not. What about the Texans? Think about that. Is the Texans roster bad enough that they're going to have a top two pick? I think the odds are in their favor they would. They would be the team of all those. Yeah, I'd pick to say I feel confident they could do it. Yeah, Sure, they could do it, but they're in the AFC South, Jimmy. Yeah. You know? Like, I think they would have a top two pick, but it's not set in stone that they would. So I find that interesting also for a team that's looking for Caleb Williams or Drake May. You got to ask yourself, are we going to mess around and win too many games? AFC South is a tough spot if you're a team that's trying to tank. Like if you're a division like, for instance, now, I guess there's really only one team and it's the Patriots. So they're a bad example. But the AFC West, Broncos and Raiders, like, yeah, they're clearly like if you wanted to try and tank, you could do it. You got Justin Herbert on one side, you got Patrick Mahomes on the other. I know there's been money spent at the quarterback position to try to resolve that over the years, but yeah, a little bit easier than the South where it's the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence. That's it. That's your whole list. You got three other teams that are in a big time either rebuild or identity crisis to the point that, yeah, you can't guarantee you're going to lose all of your division games when you look up and you have fellow tankers around you right now. You know, and here's the thing. I'll say this. We're going to give away tickets here momentarily. If you want to go see the GMR Grand Grand Prix, we've got uh, two pairs of tickets to give away. But let me just say this about Will the Thrill Levis. For the people for the people out there that are anti-Will, and uh, hey, whatever, fine. If you are against a quarterback that had next to no talent last season and was banged up in the SEC, like fine, be my guest, whatever. But there are certain criticisms that I think go way too far. This whole bathroom selfie thing is absurd. <laughs> Jimmy, it's absurd. Like, really, there are like talk show hosts talking about insiders from the NFL, like in the front office saying, oh, that turned us off greatly, taking bathroom selfies. Like, are you serious right now? Do you realize? Just think about this for a second. Let's just say Will Levis is good in the NFL. It's at least possible. Do you know how dumb those people are going to sound? They're like, he's taking shirtless bathroom selfies. Who the hell cares? It doesn't mean anything. Don't make it out to mean something. A front office shouldn't do it. A national pundit shouldn't do it. If you're a fan of the Colts, though, it shouldn't be the reason you don't want them to make the selection. But if you think about just (laughs) 
photos that scream tool off the bat <laughs> it is shirtless dude jacked up taking a mirror pick okay you know it what? is it shouldn't impact your evaluation on the player i agree with you right but for a lot of people myself included okay come on guy really this okay fine i'm i hear you but it shouldn't affect the evaluation exactly that's the thing yes you know this might not be the best comparison but hear me out you're watching the nba playoffs last night oh yeah and Stan Van Gundy, I forget which game he was doing. It might have been the the Heat and Bucks, whatever game. I can't remember. It might have been the Kings and Warriors, actually. But anyway, he made the point. He was like, just because a player takes contact and is rolling around on the floor in pain, that doesn't mean it's automatically a flagrant foul. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Right? Like he made that point. It was a great, great point. It's true. Like, one doesn't equal the other. Mm-hmm. And so in the NFL draft, shirtless bathroom selfies, <laughs> like putting mayonnaise in coffee, yeah. that doesn't equal him automatically not panning out in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes puts everything on ketchup, right? Does, doesn't yeah. instantly make him a non, you know. He puts ketchup on everything. Correct. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Maybe he puts ketchup on the plate and then the steak on top. Right. I don't know. But right. Yeah. But yeah, right. I heard this about. Ginger quarterbacks. This is a real thing. This is a real thing, Jimmy. There are a lot of people that will say, hey, how many redheads have panned out as franchise quarterbacks? That's a real criticism. Like, are you you serious right now? No redheaded quarterback has a chance to pan out because others haven't? That's brain dead thinking. Again, all all, your ludicrous things, all will get a chuckle out of you, should not be in your top... 50 things that you're going on to evaluate a quarterback for. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Gosh, wow. Okay. That being said, take CD Stroud. <laughs> We've got picks coming up at the end of the show from DJ Cook. Um, we also have uh, a transfer that's kind of interesting. Drafts up as as well. Uh, two pairs of GMR Grand Prix tickets. Eddie Garrison's got a little bit of trivia for you. If you want in, call us. 317-239-1070. There you go. Appreciate that. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. Keep it locked right here. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. We've got... Two pairs of GMR Grand Prix tickets to give away. Eddie Garrison, he's got trivia. All right, so I, I'm going to do one IndyCar trivia. Uh, I hope then, it involves Emerson Fittipaldi. It That's does not. Saying. It does not? Okay. does not, no. Right. I'll do one IndyCar <laughs> and one NFL draft question. Uh, Justin is up first. Justin, would you like the NFL draft trivia question or would you like the IndyCar trivia uh. question? Uh, it's got to be Andy Carr. Okay. Who was the first driver to sweep the month of May, winning the Grand Prix and the Indianapolis 500? Um, I'm not 100%, but I'm going to guess, and I would say Will Power. Negative. Oh, man. Ouch. I noticed you go Grand Prix there. Yes. Eddie. James, do you have the answer to that question? Scott Dixon? Negative. Oh, man, you're just crushing dreams out here, Eddie. Goodness. Sam, you're up next. Who was the first driver to sweep the month of May? Sam. You still there, Sam? It's 
Probably Sammy Hagar. Going what? <laughs> Going twice. Josh. <laughs> Josh, you there? Yes. Do you know the answer to who on who so the first Simon driver was? Pagano. Correct. Do you know? Do, correct. There Do you remember you the year? Nice. Good job. Do you remember which Sorry. year it was? It's bonus points. Um, I do not. I'll say the. How about the third year? Oh, it was 2019. Because uh, oh, it was the year right before the pandemic. I'll put you on hold, and then I'll get your information uh, for the uh, tickets. Thank you. Yes, sir. Nice. That, that was emphatic, too, I would say. He was strong with that answer. He was like, yes, I know it. I'm not guessing. I know the answer. All right. The gap. John, you're the last one who hasn't been asked a question. I've got the other guys on hold still who answered incorrectly on the first round. So the NFL draft question here for the two tickets to the GMR Grand Prix, NFL draft related. Who was the last quarterback selected with the fourth overall pick? Oh, good question. Oh, no cheating, wow. right? Not allowed to cheat. Yeah, please don't cheat. No cheating. No, I'm not going to cheat. Um, uh, man, I don't know. Greg Gregstraw. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Is that no, right, Eddie? I, I almost want to give him the tickets. That was, that was brilliant, but no, I'm sorry, Very John. Very well done. <laughs> Justin, we're back to the top. Who was the last quarterback selected with the fourth overall pick? Uh, uh, um, uh, ooh, um, it has not. It happened prior to 2010. Oh, good hint. Um, I'm just going to throw a guess out. Okay. I have no idea. Philip Rivers, maybe? Oh, well done. Well wow. done, Justin. Nice job. Eddie can attest to this. There was no computer research done. Justin, hang tight for us. Eddie will get you here in a second with those tickets to the GMR Grand Prix. Wow. Eddie asked me that before the show started. I thought about it. I asked him two clarification questions, so I can't take full credit. I was like, you know, has it happened in the 2000s? And he was like, yes. I was like, okay. I was like, has it happened in the last 10 years? He said, no. I was like, all right. I thought about it. And I was like, Trying to figure out a draft, and I was debating, couldn't remember when Phil Rivers was mm-hmm. selected, but I just, all right, Philip Rivers. Got it out of the gate, only took one hit there for Justin to get that done. Yeah, man, that goes back, was it? I shouldn't be saying this, I'm thinking out loud, but do you have to go all the way back to 04? Is it that far back? Indeed. It was, yeah, right? 2004, yeah, It, just sounded, it sounded wrong to be that long ago. But yeah, it was obviously Eli number one, and they swapped. That was, goodness, it's interesting now thinking about it, right? Because the Colts are at number four overall. And what it took to move up with that trade, right? Like, uh, So the Chargers, they got Phillip Rivers. They eventually got Sean Merriman, which I think was the 12th overall pick, roughly. They got the kicker, Nate Kading, that might have been a third rounder, and I think they might have got a fifth. I think they got a, a one, three, and five. Something like that is what the Chargers got in that swap for Eli Manning, who was the number one overall pick. Pretty interesting, man. Wow, that's... Yeah, Big Ben, too. I, I remember... Oh, it, man. It, Drew Rosenhaus banging oh, the table. Man, that, that whole... Dr- there's a as they do for almost every draft, but particularly for that one, there's an NFL films doc about that. And it's great. It's just awesome. seeing everybody at the, t- oh shoot, man, why are they doing this? Like it was, it was always oh, great. The whole thing, if you haven't seen it yet, that 2004 NFL draft, they follow the quarterbacks around and yeah, Drew Rosenhaus. You know, <laughs> oh, what's man. funny is, um, no, it's not, it's not Drew Rosenhaus. I'm sorry. It's a different guy. It's his, um, a- his agent. 
So it's Lee Steinberg. You're right. You're right. That's who it is. Yep. My bad. I said the wrong guy. You know what's funny, Jimmy? Every it's a true story. Every year on LinkedIn, Lee Steinberg wishes me a happy birthday. Hey, I have no idea why. It's just every year, like clockwork, like happy birthday, Brian. <laughs> like thanks, Lee. You know, remember you banging the table when Big Ben didn't go higher than expected in the '04 draft. Who was? Um, do you have the draft in front of you, I do. Jimmy? Sometimes I'm. I know a few things, like uh, you know, draft trivia at least at the top of the draft sure i'm trying to th- i i can't think off the top of my head who was two and three in that oh four draft wait a minute it was was that the robert gallery yes and then uh because the raiders they was it calvin johnson wasn't it Mm-mm. Nope. no same level no of, no of larry greatness. fitzgerald yes. larry yes. fitzgerald yep. That's arizona yep because cal he was a number two overall pick in another draft yep yeah Give me some draft trivia on the on the fly. Just pick a draft and just say something about the top five, Jimmy. Okay. No cheating involved. I'll try to give a fast answer here. We'll okay. Try to have some fun. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> who went third overall in the 2006 NFL draft? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know how specific or broad you want uh, me to no, be. You know what? It might have been Trent Richardson. Sorry. Let me clarify. Oh, six. What did I? Yeah, right? Like, no? Mm-mm. Okay, so that was the Mario Williams Reggie Bush draft, yes, right? Yes, it was. Yep. Oh, so, it, so I'm confident you'll get this now. Uh man. So Mario Williams Reggie Bush. I should know this. I'm gonna hate myself when I because I was just thinking Trent Richardson was a number three overall pick, and it had to be right around that time. I don't know. Do I get a hint? I'll give you the hint. <laughs> it's probably a dead giveaway. Yeah. He has ties to Reggie Bush through, during his college career. That, that's not a, that's not an easy hint. That's a broad hint. Ties they are interconnected. I can't think. They played of against one another. They pl- oh 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 it was Vince. Young. There you go. Yeah. That's who the other was. hint would have been Tennessee because I figured you could have yeah figured that one yeah. Out, but because yep. Liner he went tenth that draft right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Or okay, no 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 no. Yes he did yeah and then Cutler was eleventh. Yep yep yep. Yeah yeah. Okay, give me another one. One more. I, I gotta redeem okay, myself. This, right. this is difficult on the fly like that. I couldn't do it. I'm 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 not great with trivia in general, particularly NFL draft trivia. All right. Um let's see. Going back to the well. <laughs> Who was the fifth overall pick in the twenty ten NFL draft? Twenty t- I'm just trying to think of anything for it was, a reference. It was, Sam Bradford went number one in that draft. Okay, so it was uh, uh no, because it was the Hold on. What year was it again? 2010. 2010. Okay, so the 09 draft was Stafford first yes. and Sanchez fifth. So, oh gosh. Um, I have another hint for you that I'm wait, willing to give if you want it. So it was the Sam Bradford draft. That was what, Indomitian Sue second? One second, yep. This is impressive. I tipped the cap. Wait, what's the question here? I want to get. He wants on this. to know who the fifth. I, I, he said, "Pick a random question." So I said, "Who's the fifth oh, overall oh. selection in the 2010 NFL draft?" And I have a couple giveaway hints I could. Brian wants to give away. I know it's not Levi Brown who is a former fifth overall pick because there's no reason you'd be asking about Levi Brown. I I don't know. I need a hint. Okay. We'll start hard first. Okay. Out of the SEC conference. Oof. Okay. And a defensive player. Defensive player out of the SEC. I I don't know. He played for my favorite team. 
You're a diehard Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Sorry, man. I'll, I'll backtrack it. He was drafted by my favorite team. Let me, let me, let me. Oh, it. Sorry, okay. sorry. Kansas City Chiefs selected him fifth overall. Kansas City fifth SEC, overall. SEC fifth overall. Kansas City defensive player. Oh man, 2010 SEC. How, how do you not know this? I know I, this one. It's hard. It's hard. To, I'm not great with draft trivia, so I'm not going to talk any smack. He I, survived cancer. Well, that's not the, that's, the, once, that's that's the that's the twice, last one, right? right? That one. Yeah, that one's very. I, Unless the name's blanking it, but that one, yeah, it's, it was a very, very big human interest story. His comeback from his battle with cancer. Played safety. Yeah. Oh, oh, I thought you said a defensive end. No, I, thought I it said was defensive like a player. Edge. I'm sorry. Oh, defensive I player. thought it was like an edge rush. It's Eric Berry. Yes, yeah. That's what it was yep. throwing me off. Yep. I'll never forget because I had a, Jimmy, you like this, as a, as a degenerate gambler over here. Um, so I had Tennessee, big in the first game of the year against UCLA Ooh. a long time ago. It was, I forget the UCLA quarterback's name. It was their third string guy. It was some guy named Kraft. And I'm like, I'm rolling with the Vols, baby. They were on the road. Eric Berry had a pick six Ooh. in this game. They're up 21 to seven. And I can't remember all the details, but UCLA kicked a winning field goal. And my bet went kaput. But Eric Berry was an absolute baller. Yeah, I apologize. It, I just thought you meant edge. There's always a, there's always a chance I smushed it together. I thought I said defensive player. Was that but. back when you had a bookie? That was uh... <laughs> man. I don't know. That would have been no, nope. I was still uh, I was still doing radio in Fresno at the time. That was really my introduction to gambling. Was around like oh seven oh eight. That's how far back I go. Um, but yeah, that was a. Uh, that was a bad defeat, <laughs> defeat at the time. But Eric Berry did his thing. Eric Berry was a fantastic mm-hmm. player. Loved Eric really Berry. Really like Eric Berry. Yeah. Okay, we got a lot to do here before we get on out of here, Jimmy. We've got some new hot gossip involving one of the top quarterbacks, what his agent is saying as far as when he might be picked. You've got some picks as well, Jimmy. We'll have some fun before we get out of here. Keep it locked right here. Brian No and Jimmy Cook with you. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. You know, one of the positives of the show, even though you were uh, you're uh, making a plea with Colts brass, Jimmy, at the beginning of the show, I just had in my notes, you did mention that Will Levis has a super rocket arm. He That's does. Quote, unquote. He does. Yeah. That's what you said right there. It's one of the positives from the show. <laughs> Do like that. <laughs> How about some more quarterback gossip right here? This is according to Anthony Richardson's agent. This guy's name is Brett Tesler. Solid agent name, I would say. <laughs> Brett Tesler. He says Anthony Richardson is going to go a lot higher than most people expect tonight, and that's not a guess. Take that and make of it what you will right there from Anthony Richardson. First overall. <laughs> First overall. <laughs> He's got to put that on a Reddit post to make it official. You know, It's not official unless you throw it on Reddit right there. Yeah, okay, so how about the over-under for Anthony Richardson? Over or under four and a half as his draft slot. What are you taking there, Jimmy? Hmm? I would take over. So he goes fifth or? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd take over. 
Do you ever get confused with the over-under when it comes to the draft? Was the pause that obvious? Because I had to think for a second. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 it throws me off every time. And then I'm like, why would it throw me off? Right. You know, if you ask me, I don't know what the total is for the Celtics game tonight. Let's just say it's 225. I have no idea. If you said over or under, I wouldn't be sitting there like, uh, wait a minute. Let me... Mm. <laughs> you know, but something about, will he be... Over or under eight and a half as his draft slot. And I'm like, uh, isn't it confusing? I don't yes. know why it's more confusing yep. that way. Yeah, I, I had to think about a process for a second. Didn't have to reboot, thankfully. But yeah, we got there in the end. <laughs> <laughs> so you take, okay, so you, you don't see him being the Colts quarterback. You no, don't I don't see him I, going in the top four. I've said this the last couple of days again. It's not necessarily what I want to have happen, but particularly right now with all this line movement, even though Anthony Richardson's the betting favorite at plus 100, I think it's going to be Will Levis. I'm not saying like it directly leaked from the Colts necessarily or intentionally did, but we're at the point in time where this late movement on Richardson, unless it goes totally off the deep end and he's like minus 450 here in a couple hours, I feel pretty confident that it's going to be Will Levis. Man, I'm so interested to see how this goes. Let's just say uh, Anthony Richardson is not in the top four. Does Seattle take him? Does he fall further? Like It seems like one of these guys is going to fall. At least to fifth. Who knows from there? Do they fall out of the top ten? It seems like someone is going to. Whether that happens or not, we have to wait and see. I know we're all about Vegas and because we're degenerates here. So I was comparing <laughs> and contrasting some notes and uh-huh. some lines. Okay. Will Levis to go top five on DraftKings compared to FanDuel is it's kind of alarming. Uh, for Levis to go top five on FanDuel, it's minus 180. Mm-hmm. On DraftKings, it's minus fourteen hundred. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. And the the latest steam with Will Anderson Jr. being the number two overall pick with the Texans, it's staggering. I think Vegas is now catching up on that portion of it. I don't think it's I don't think it's moving. I think it's just Vegas catching up to what's actually going to happen. Well, maybe, but it's hard to tell what they're on top of and what they're like swinging and missing by like leaps and bounds on you know what i mean like they they've like some of these books bet mgm respectable right like they followed the levis reddit post <laughs> it went from 40 to one to four to one for him to be the number one overall pick well in large part because i think vegas and those books know that the public will follow those kind of things so they don't want to get uh screwed over if you will for a better vo- a choice of radio vocabulary. Well, hey, that's the thing, Eddie, is there might be a method to the madness where if you're Vegas, why wouldn't you? I mean, think about that. We always like laugh at them like, dude, you went from 40 to 1 to 4 to 1? Think of it this way. This is the sinister thought. If you're Vegas and you're like, hey, let's get some of these jackasses to bet on Will Levis. You know, <laughs> like, why wouldn't you move the odds? Yep. Right? Like, drop it like crazy and entice them like, oh, hey, this is the new it bet to make. And it's like, we're just taking your money. He's not going to be the number one overall pick. Right there with you. I mean, it's the chaos of it, but it's a dangerous game to play because if you if you adjust and gamble with the news or the Reddit posts too much, you might get bit. I mean, not enough to you know impact a Vegas sports book, but like you're, you're, you're running a risk there in terms of just where the cash flow could go if you play that game too much. And I don't think Vegas has played it too much. I would say they've done just enough in terms of keeping things interesting and intriguing to a point that they're probably going to make a healthy amount of money, I would guess, on draft prop bets tonight. By the way, super fast before your picks here, Jimmy. How about 
former Notre Dame quarterback Tyler Buckner. He transfers to Alabama, follows the former offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. He's over there at Alabama. So Buckner goes to Bama. Kind of strange to me. I don't know how you feel about it where he wanted to be the starter. Notre Dame got (laughs) Sam Hartman, who's got 110 touchdown passes, ACC record. So it looked like Buckner was probably going to be the backup, which he would have been. But he goes to Bama. (laughs) I don't know how great his chances are to start at Alabama, but hey, man, whatever. I wish him the best. I don't have any ill feeling toward the guy. You? No, yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. I'm surprised that, you know, Saban brought him in. Maybe yeah. maybe Tommy Reese like, hey, let's let's make this happen. But uh, yeah, very confusing all around. You know what I also wish the best? Your bets. Oh, let's you. find out what they are. The Jay Cook Plays of the Day. This is me, all right? I'm not a athlete. This is my way. This is how I win. Today's Plays of the Day. Let's not forget we're going to hear something epic tonight. It's a tradition unlike any other. Let's go Las Vegas! It won't be Las Vegas, but it'll be the Boo Birds. Roger Goodell getting booed tonight. Oh, you talk about sheep right there. They'd all be asking for a selfie and an autograph. I'm, I'm taking Will Levis plus 125 to be taken fourth overall by the Indianapolis Colts. I'm also going to take Solid. the St. Louis Cardinals on the money line plus 135. Oh. Laying one and a half on the Los Angeles. Oh, they play the San Francisco Giants. My apologies. Los Angeles oh. Angels laying one and a half there against the Oakland Athletics. A little bit of juice there giving up minus 165, but I like it all the same. Same with the Yankees over the Rangers. Minus 165 juice there, but Garrett Cole's on the mound. Over 27.5, Trey Young. Over 30.5, Jason Tatum. Last one for you. Plus 200 juice here. It's not the betting favorite, but I'm going to go that way. Chiefs take a defensive lineman slash edge rusher with their first oh, round pick. Okay, very nice. And uh, we'll five and two it. yesterday. We're back over 500. Oh, okay. Scorching hot. I like it. Uh, dear football gods, no CJ Stroud. <laughs> Please, Will Levis. Huh? I mean, I think that's the proper dismount right here. JMV at the top of the hour. Enjoy draft night. We'll reconvene tomorrow. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.